Hello and welcome to podcast number 54! 54! We're going to be catching up on the recent films and TV shows we've watched before going over the latest film news. In the second part, we're going to be breaking down our favourite comedy movies into top fives. And in the third part, we are going to be answering your questions. Yes. Good to have you back, Andy. Good to be here, man. What have you been up to? Oh, just work. It sucked. Oh. This is what I will be sitting here drinking a Guinness because I fucking deserve one. So, happy uh, belated St. Paddy's yeah, Day. Yeah, happy Paddy's Day. We didn't get it yesterday, so um, I'm sorry to have my Guinness now. Um, nice. I'll, I'm driving, so I'm only having one on camera. No, um, I'm, I'm having coffee. <laughs> only on camera. Um, <laughs> it's like I was, I was like, I'm going to have one drink tonight. And then you were like, here's a gift of a bottle of Jack Daniels. And I was like, you some kind of son of a bitch. <laughs> right, <laughs> on a silver night. Um, yeah, well, I yeah, literally working. Everything we're going to discuss... That's come out recently. We'd be like, "Have you seen?" I'm just going to start shaking my head at you. That's fine. I've I recently, I think I mentioned it in a previous podcast for last year. We've been prepared to be moving over to a new company. Sure, same job, but we've moved over to a new company. That has happened, and naturally, with most companies in this day and age, with 15 months to prepare, it was a fucking disaster. Oh, so it's been, <laughs> so yeah, it's been an absolute mental couple oh, of weeks. No. Um, so it's just been work and overtime. And um, alcohol, yeah, that's been pretty much it, man. So, um, well, I know there's times. a couple of things that I'm going to bring up in the catch up that I know you've watched some of, but not yeah, seen yeah, all yeah, of a little yet. bit. Yeah, I've been trying. It's like it's there's so much good stuff as well ready to watch, and I'm like, it's been a good year so far. It. It's it been has great been so far, yeah. man. Yeah. So um, well, first film that I want to bring up is Knock at the Cabin, yeah. which is by director M. Night Shyamalan, Shyamalan or Shyamalan Ding Dong, as Tarantino likes to call him. Don't let that put you off. <laughs> right. This was a film uh, starring Dave Bautista, uh, Jonathan Groff, Ben Aldridge, and uh, starring Dave Bautista, uh, Jonathan Groff, Ben Aldridge, and Rupert Grint. And the story is about a family vacationing. Uh, and a girl and her parents are taken hostage by armed strangers who demand that the family make a choice to avert the apocalypse. Currently sitting at a 6.1 on IMDb, which... Is that respectable for his movies? In this day, yes. Because yeah. obviously you usually expect like nines and eights and then... Yeah. Then the fours and threes started to come out, and you know, ratings-wise. Uh, but I've, I've got to honestly say, I really enjoyed Knock at the Cabin. Yeah, I mean, I watched it. Was his last one old? Yes. Yeah, I didn't really enjoy that one, i got to admit. It was okay. kind of like, all right, it was It was okay. I guess the the problem is, though, with like you're always going into his movies, like, wait. What's the, the twist? Well, you're like, you're fucking playing Dude, Where's My Car all the way through, like, and then. Uh, <laughs> and then, like, yes, yeah. yeah. Through, well, the, the thing with this film is the gist of it is laid out for you within the first 20 minutes. Yeah, I was surprised how much was in the trailer. Yes. Yeah, okay, no, I didn't see the trailer, all so, of the trailer, so I... I, I, remember, I remember turning it off because I was like, it, it feels like it's going to get too spoilery. Mm. Um, but thankfully, like the trailer just set me up for what to expect in the film. Um, and I, I know a lot of people are probably going to go, it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie. I've not enjoyed his output since maybe Split. Um, so, you know, and before that, like, you know. God, Unbreakable is a good movie. Unbreakable, yeah, oh. absolutely fantastic. Uh, but I, I really dug this film. I thought Dave Bautista was fantastic. Obviously, I've, I've mostly mostly seen him I, as Drax. I, I can't even say that Dave Bautista is an underrated actor anymore because I think people are finally understanding. Understanding. I can't even say that Dave Bautista is an underrated actor anymore because I think people are finally understanding. Understanding what he brings really to, to, to the film. Actor. Yeah, he is. Really um, good. So when he turns up, the size that he is is an intimidating. He looks like the most frightening Jehovah's Witness to ever knock on anyone's exactly. door. Exactly. <laughs> and so when he's humbly asking this family to within the next 24 hours to decide which one of them is going to volunteer to die 
at the hands of the other two family members in order to save the world. How this makes sense d- d- doesn't matter. Like, mm. that's the premise. Like, you buy into that, you buy into this scenario uh, and, you know, what the drama that, that follows. Um, and those that are holding the family hostage, every sort of so many hours that passes, if the family hasn't committed to it, one of the hostage takers has to sacrifice themselves too. And so... Uh, is, this, is this a sequel to Cabin in the Woods? It, it kind <laughs> of is, right? It kind of is. It kind and of the is. The game has changed. Um, so yeah, it, 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 it had hints of that. Mm. Um, but at the same time, you're also with the family like, these people are absolutely crazy. There's no way. What Like, where's the fourth war? Like, this mm. is, this can't be real. And so you're, you know, that's the position you're in throughout the film. Uh, and, and I went along for that ride. Really enjoyed the spectacle. Really enjoyed the drama. Um, even though I kind of saw the ending coming... Uh, I I really really enjoyed it. What's so the, yeah. What's the runtime like for it? I think it was under two hours. So it's t- so it's tight. It's Which tight. Good. Yeah. And oh, like I said, it, I, I also think, like... that's the problem. Is I think when he, I think was it Signs was like a really long fucking movie. Maybe it just felt long. Maybe. But I was like, I, I was like, if you're gonna do this type of movie, I think it is better to keep it like keep it in that ninety ninety minute sweet yeah. spot. Fuck it. Yeah. And again, just to just to say, I always like films that are. Uh, a bit different, and also films that are just set near enough in one location. Mm. The entire film is at that cabin. So, so that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, um, I, will, I will totally give it a shout. Mostly for Dave Batista. For Dave Batista, yeah. Uh, next film I want to talk about Scream Six. You had to go see it, didn't you? I, I, you know I had to. It's a slasher movie. I, 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 I know, but I watched Scream 5 recently and was like, fuck this next movie. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Scream 5 is one of the worst. Scream 3 is still the worst. I'll give you my rankings. Scream 1. Scream 5 loses even more points for like kind of being like, and fuck the audience, by the way. This is all your fault. <laughs> right. Because they do. Like, they can't yeah. blame it on horror fans. For making franchises for making the and not letting them go. It's like, seriously? Yeah. Uh, so sorry, my, 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 sorry yeah, your ranking. My ranking will be Scream yeah. 1, Scream 2, yeah. Scream 6. Oh, okay. Scream 4. Scream 5, Scream 3. Mm. So 3 and 5, still the absolute worst. Scream this one, best Scream film since Scream 2. Uh, it almost feels very much like uh, Scream 2, in essence. Scream 6 feels like Scream 2 in that it's the sequel to 5, and that they play on the right, sequel. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but it's also, they they go into the, oh, I've forgotten the term for it, where it's a side call, a sequel to a side call. And, you know, it gets into the matter of we're, legacy characters. We're literally, and, we're in, like, I know, they're, um, they're making up words. South Park Inception. Yes. There's a taco inside an ice cream inside a burger. Exactly. Yeah. Until they'll never see that coming. <laughs> um, so, honestly, it, it, it was a really refreshing slasher film. Uh, seeing Ghostface in New York, brilliant. They set the film at Halloween, so there's loads of iconic horror figures in the background. Oh, so cool. you don't know who's wearing the Ghostface mask and if the killer is there. With the mask on, uh, they they I, I guessed uh, one of the killers, if not two of the killers uh, in the film. Um, but I, I love the whole. It's not a who done it, but a who's doing it. Mm. And of course, when the cast start to get killed off, you're, it narrows down who's left until the Scooby Doo reveal at the end. You're like ah. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed the the chases. The chases were really good. The music, cinematography, and the performances. The ensemble cast worked really really well you do miss having not having sydney there um mm. but of course uh, we still have one last remaining scream survivor in gale weathers yeah uh, and uh, there's lots of callbacks lots of lots of nods um and uh, small spoilers sorry small small spoilers 
Stu is still not coming back from the dead after Scream 1. See, now I, I saw a lot of chatter about this. Yeah. And so I did think to myself, sort of like, okay, so clearly he doesn't, yeah, he's, he's not going to be in the sixth movie. But it's, I did like the idea that everyone was like, no, we like, if you're going to do it, just bring him back. And I was like, do you know what? If you told me Matthew Lilly was in it, I know. I'd, I'd <laughs> probably go watch it. Now, here's yeah. my theory, right? Now, in the Are film. Th- I'm thinking like Mastermind Saw style. Yes, I yeah, have my hand. <laughs> now, in, in, again, sorry, more, more spoilers for Scream 6. But uh, the, the, the ghost face killer has a shrine to all the previous ghost face killers, including their masks, their weapons, and the things that killed them. Mm. So at one point, they do find the TV that fell on Stu's head and, and killed him. Oh, but oh, one, oh. one of the characters turns and says, supposedly. So I was what, just like, like a, a like oh, hot tub time machine, like, yeah. turns to the character, supposedly. Supposedly. Like. <laughs> so for me, that's the writers. They're, 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 they're dropping the link. They're dropping the hint that we could see Matthew Lillard back oh. as Stu. I reckon when we get to like Scream 16, back oh. as Stu. I reckon when we get to like Scream 16, right? Like when we get to the final, <laughs> final Scream movie, that is when we have Matthew Lillard. Because like, mm. that's it. You've, you've jumped all the sharks. You've yeah, got nowhere okay. else to go. We've gone to Manhattan. <laughs> do, do, Space yeah. is next. Yeah, there's somebody watching Jason Takes Manhattan. Yeah, he's got to go, you know, go to space, got to go to hell. And then yeah. there he is. He's got to go to space, got to go to hell. Then Matthew Lillard's just got to... Comes along with 13 ghosts. Yes. And... <laughs> Scream 6. It's currently, just to let you know as well, holding a 7.3 on IMDb. So uh, it's got a strong, strong rating. Cocaine Bear. (laughs) Has everybody seen Cocaine Bear yet? No. 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 Oh my God, why? I know. (laughs) I never expected this from Elizabeth Banks, of all people, uh, to be directing uh, Cocaine Bear. Um, It's sitting at a 6.2 on IMDb. And I have to say, if you're a fan of this type of schlock, this is a 10 out of 10 movie. Yeah, I mean, it's... what do you go in to see if not... Right. The title doesn't the title... bury the lead, does exactly. it? Exactly. I mean... you, you go to see a film called Snakes on a Plane, <laughs> you're going to get snakes on a motherfucking plane. You watch a film called Cocaine Bear, I tell you now, that bear gets to that cocaine within five minutes of this film starting. <laughs> and it is carnage from there on out. Mm. The film goes, here, here's an ensemble group of characters. They're all dead now. Yeah. Here's your next group of... Oh, they're dead now. Here's your next... Oh, oh, oh. oh. Uh, it's, it is grisly. <laughs> it is nasty. Nice. Well and done. it is funny. <laughs> really, really... I hope that's on the poster. Like, <laughs> it is grisly. grisly. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I was so... So... Took took aback by this film. Even though the, you know, you're looking at the bear, mate, it's a CGI bear, obviously. But they, they have so much fun with it. It's like they know that this premise is ridiculous. You're saying they didn't go with practical effects on this. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Where's yeah. the bear wrangler? <laughs> open this so, fucking bag. <laughs> no, yeah, apparently uh, Asylum Pictures are doing Cocaine Shark. And, you know, there's going to be all, all types of cocaine I monsters now. I, did, I caught that opening episode of fucking uh, Mandalorian with Cocaine Crocodile. Cocaine Crocodile, right. I was like, right. I was like, we just do this for every movie. This is yeah, fine. <laughs> yeah, just cocaine anything. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I, I highly recommend. You, of course, you know the type of film it is. If you're an average cinema going, you're like Cocaine Bear. Well, that sounds rather interesting. Let's find out what that's about. We should build, avoid it. Build like, like, you know? a, like a universal dark world out of this, where we right. just have like you know weed monkey. And just <laughs> fucking just literally like two dartboards, one covered yeah. in drug names, and one with <laughs> random animals. animals. Pow! Yeah. What are we making this week, Charlie? Pow! <laughs> you know. <laughs> Oh, meth head. Pow! You know? 
Ugh, meth head L- alters. LSD ostrich. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, it's time to talk about The Last of Us. Season 1 has just finished airing on HBO, and Season 2 could very well be about two years away, similar to the current Game of Thrones trend where it's going to be two years between seasons mm. because of the monolithic scale of the writing, the production, the special effects and everything else. A- aging that actress up as well. True, yeah, I guess <laughs> there there's a, a time jump. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I think uh, it is probably, is the best adaptation of a video game to a TV series. We haven't had the movies yet, like, mm. you know, faithful adaptation, but in terms of TV series... This this shows how it's done. Like you take these characters, you do it faithfully, and uh, yeah, I mean the changes are so like mind so slight, are so slight so that but... the core of what makes them them are still uh, evident in this show. Mm. Uh, it, it's interesting as well because I know I mean like I, I've st- <laughs> I still need to watch the last two episodes. I've been busy, sure, um, but this is interesting because obviously you've not played the games. I, I know that you're aware I've... of. I've watched the, the yeah. first game played through. Because obviously you've not played the games. I have I know that no. you're aware I've, of... I've watched the, the yeah, first game played through. Yeah. Absolutely. But it, it's been interesting for me as a fan of both games, talking to people that are like, just say watching it because they're fans of Walking Dead. Sure. You might have people yeah. that are like, oh, it kind of looks like Walking Dead. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, go watch it. You know? <laughs> yeah. um, but it, it just seems to be getting such amazing praise from like, People, yeah, I'm a fan of the game, and this hit the fucking spot for me. Oh, I like you know, sort of like zombie post apocalyptic shows. Bang, this hit the spot for me. You know, it's like all these different people have really enjoyed to it, and I think I do think it's been an amazing. Granted, I've not seen the last two episodes, but I'm not expecting them to fuck up at the last hurdle. No, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> um, seeing seeing the way that they brought everything together to keep you to hit all the major points of that first game. Whilst making tweaks, one that are just sort of like, oh, okay, that's a good new way of looking at it, or two, just make fucking sense. A lot, you know, uh, the first one that people were talking about is like, oh, they changed the spores to like these tendrils, and I'm like, yeah, because Pedro Pascal wears a mask all day in another fucking series. <laughs> right. He's not wearing a gas mask all the way through this. Week. Like, they need yeah. to see the active spaces. It was an elegant solution, and they didn't just change it. They gave you a reason with the whole they're connected to everything, which actually yeah. made me go like, oh, huh, that's interesting. Um, they, you know the way they use the flashbacks and flash forwards at the start. I was going to say I really love the structure really of the first enjoyable. few episodes. They kind of dropped that going forward. They but... did, but I think I think that they realised like, yeah, we've done it now. We've set, yeah. we've built this into a world outside of the video game for yeah. you. Yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? It's um, yeah, and I mean, I th- personally, I thought the special effects were incredible. Yes, absolutely that outstanding. Like their movie oh quality. My God. Uh, I only wish... I know they brought in the, the, the they brought in the actors who played the clickers and stuff. Nice. Yeah. Play, I've I mean I'm I am gonna buy it on the PS5 because I'm a shill. Um after playing The Last of Us one about three or four times through, Last of Us Two twice, I got PTSD from clickers. Sure, so that it. sound I was watching enough. that, that sound come out, I was like, oh fuck they did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Oh they ain't fucking about. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I just want to say, um, out of all the episodes, uh, I want to say my favourite episode was the third episode, and that was the uh, long, long time Nick uh, with Nick Offerman as oh Bill God, uh, and Murray Bartlett as Frank. I-, I just thought it was such a great short story that yeah. helped build up that Last of Us universe, so much so. Uh, just incredible I Actually bringing Joel into it as well was very good, because in a way you didn't even need to. No. They didn't even need to show there, because of the way it ends... 
they didn't even need to show the relationship with Joel and. Um... But I love the letter that he left for oh, him. So okay, no, that's yeah. and of course having it narrated as well. Just mm. oh, I just made it so bittersweet. But I was like, but that that and uh, that story is well bitter episode. Is for me it's one of the things why I keep saying the Walking Dead can can do this. You know, there yeah. are a million stories to tell in the post apocalypse. You can do one shot stories like this. Uh, and in, and if you just slightly bring it into the main narrative for, you know, if it was a stopgap point, like it, it, it just fleshes out that world. It makes you care for the people in that world more. And so episodes like that were just fantastic. Absolutely loved it. It shows it's, it wasn't that hard, was it? No. To do. No, absolutely. Turns out to adapt the video game, you know. And again, I love the fact that they've gone with the, like, you know, season one is Last of Us one. Yeah. Guess what? Season I, two is going to be, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I, ironically, I think that they could, because of the way that the second game is um, uh, sort of done, you could, it wouldn't bother me if they said, we're going to do season two and three and split that game into two. Because I'd be like, do you know what? That would work. You wouldn't yeah. need to do it with the first season and the way that they've done it. Um, how many episodes was it? Was it eight or nine? I think it was nine episodes. Nine. Yeah. So, I mean, if the, uh, packing that second one into nine... Hey, look, I mean, look, they're good writers. From, it's the same yeah. guy, so, I mean, they can probably do it. But yeah. I would, um, they're breaking it down right now, obviously. Yeah, but it looks like I think the second game would be two seasons. I think they're, they might structure it that way. Yeah. And, I mean... I, I do wonder how much pressure is on Naughty Dog now to knock that third game out. Right, so that you they've know, got the... Like, uh, HBO is parking the money truck outside, boys, if you'd like to start coding. Yeah, right, uh, get writing. Like, oh. So at least they can, uh, the series is going to go surpass the games. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. But, you know, there's there's always Last of Us 2 PS5. <laughs> so just play the game again. I'll buy it like a dickhead, so it's fine. <laughs> okay, the next, next... I'll buy it like a dickhead, so it's fine. <laughs> Okay, the next next TV show I want to bring up is Star Trek Picard. Oh, that was delicious. Season three. Now, obviously, the last couple of years I've ranted and and raved about the uh, current atrocities inflicted upon <laughs> one of my favourite properties that is Star Trek. The new modern Trek has been uh, rocky, to say the least. I I have been one of those defenders of Star Trek Discovery. I know a lot of people hate it. A lot of Trekkies really, really hate it. <clears throat> but I enjoyed some of the storytelling and some of the characters in that show. Do you watch Below Deck? Uh, yes. Um, <clears throat> however. I watched it and was like, man, I miss Final Space. Yeah, yes. Oh, <laughs> Final like, Space. Just made me wish I could. I just I made know. me rewatch Final Space. Uh, honestly, Final <laughs> Space is still so much better than Lower Decks. Mm. Uh, I, honestly, I, I, took, I, had, I, I, I watched Lower Decks and then I take long, long breaks because there would just be one really obnoxiously annoying, loud as fuck episode. I'm just like, why am I watching this? This is garbage. Uh, case in point, the, the most recent season, I'd stopped watching it for a while and I thought, I'm gonna, I need to finish Lower Decks. I need some more Star Trek. I put, put Lower Decks back on and it was an episode where there's an explosion and a robot gets ejected out and it lands on a planet and they, they, they don't have, they're not a spacefaring race, but they have this super intelligent AI and, but it was, it was, it was owl people. And, and the robot had this shrill, high-pitched, screaming voice, and the owls were just hollering. And I was, oh, God, no, 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 no. I turned it off. It was right like, up there with that season of Archer set in space. Then, also right. So, so I don't know how Lower Decks continues <laughs> because I do know that Lower Decks and Strange New Worlds is having a crossover uh, later <coughs> this year. Okay. So I'm like, I want to be up to date with both shows, but I'm like, oh, Lower Decks, you 
burned me too many times now, so I'm, I'm done with that one. Uh, I also haven't watched Star Trek Voyager, the Prodigy one, okay, uh, which is the other animated one. But I've been uh, hearing pretty damn good the, things the, about is it. it. Lower deck? Is it below deck? Lower deck? What's it? Pro- I think it's Prodigy. No, no, no. Sorry, the first one. Oh, lower deck. Yeah, I think yeah. I watched like two or three episodes, and I couldn't. I just couldn't work out what it was. Yeah, I, d- I just didn't. I'm not a, hu- I'm a, not a huge Trek fan anyway. Sure, but yeah, I was just I couldn't I couldn't gravitate on it. And I love my animation, you know. But yeah, I was just like, yeah. I was like, I don't, who's this for? I don't understand. It, yeah, it, yeah. Because I'm like, is it is it for Trek fans? Is it to try and get people into Trek? Mm. Is it what? Yeah. Uh, but Star Trek Picard season one is it to try and get people into Trek? Mm. Is it what? Yeah. Uh, but Star Trek Picard season one um, had a ton of issues, a ton of problems. Uh, it, it completely destroyed any kind of dream that we may have had of seeing a TNG uh, reunion or revitalization in New Trek. It was dour, depressing. The Federation was a shell of what it was. There was vulgar language. Uh, Picard was nothing like the character we thought he would be. The story was nonsensical, and they killed Jean-Luc Picard at the end of the season. Spoilers. And, Sorry, <laughs> not sorry. Uh, and so now we're watching a, an and android. Now he's a Borg again. And now he's a Borg again. <laughs> yeah, now he's an android again, um, with, who's programmed to still live until Picard would have died somehow. Magic. Oh, you serious? I was fucking about. I haven't watched it. This yeah, this is, is it. This is yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so in the third season, they kind of like occasionally make a slight reference to the Jay- fact that Jason always goes to space, right? <laughs> They they make passing reference that he might be an android now. They're kind of like brushing the first two seasons under the rug, uh, and 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 rightfully so because the first two seasons under the rug, uh, and 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 rightfully so because the, there were moments in season two that were great, but it then it just it dropped out the bottom when they dragged characters through modern day, you know, a settings or near future settings, and it was just so cheap. You know, it's like when you get a Masters of the Universe movie. And they said it in downtown LA. You know, it's just like, <laughs> you got Star Trek and they said it hey, in downtown I've LA. I rewatched that movie recently. And yeah, it's <laughs> as stupid as you ever remember it to be. Uh, but this sounds like it's being written on the fly. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah we, we were talking off camera about uh, Mandalorian, how impressive, you know, they're on season three, but yeah, John Favreau season was talking about it. like, oh, yeah, I finished season four. And you're like, oh, man, you know, this is all going to link in beautifully because he's going to be going back and, like, make sure everything works. And this just sounds like they finished. They finished two, and then they're like, "Any ideas for three Then, yeah, well, no, that's it. That is it. It's so, not like they got an end goal that they want to get to, and they're writing towards it. And they, you can, they, they it, had a contract with Patrick that. Stewart yeah. that was three seasons, so they are obliged tracks with Patrick that. Stewart yeah. that was three seasons, so they are obliged to make this third season before it's over. Mm. Um, but the writers, showrunners, and producers of the first two seasons have gone fuck it. He wants to do it. Like, we fucked up so... Well, they haven't said that, of course. We yeah. fucked up so bad. You do it. And everyone... And they've all left. They've still got their names in the credits, but apparently the the guy running this now... Um, I've forgotten his name. It's Terry Metalis. Um, and he's literally been left to pick up the pieces of Star Trek Picard. Um, and he... Uh, actually worked on Star Trek Enterprise and Star Trek Voyager as like an associate, uh, an assistant, basically on set as a runner. Um, but he was there. He saw OG Trek almost, you mm. know. Um, and so what he's brought to Picard season three is his passion for Star Trek. 
Would you believe it? Listen, there is someone who's passionate about Star Trek making Star Trek for the first time. You can't always just cast the carpenter and end up with Han Solo. Dude. It's like, exactly. Know, exactly. It's, it's, it's fucking damn near impossible to finish someone else's murder mystery. That's the problem, is it? Yeah. You know. So, thankfully, he didn't have to pick up any threads from the first two seasons. As a matter of fact, he dropped three quarters of the cast um, and went, I'm going to do what this this show should have been in the first place. Which is a TNG show. I'm going to bring back the entire TNG cast. And he's brought them back in really great fashion. We haven't, at, at the moment, we haven't seen all the TNG cast yet. Um, but we have a lot of scenes with Riker and Picard uh, and um, Beverly Crusher and Worf. And they have all reprised their roles fantastically. It's a massive jump from the last time we've seen them, timeline-wise. Uh, but the interplay between Picard and Riker is amazing. Just their casual conversations, yet alone when they're literally involved in a Wrath of Khan type situation from the titles being dropped at the beginning of each episode like TNG did, like Old Trek did. Mm -hmm. The music, the use of first episode like TNG did, like Old Trek did. Mm -hmm. The music, the use of first contact music, Wrath of Khan music, TNG music. All of those little nostalgia buttons, the way it's edited together to punctuate those scenes... It works. When they bring characters back from TNG that we haven't seen in 30 years, it pays off really, really, really well. It has so many good emotional beats. When characters have conversations and it feels like it was written by a mature person who understands these characters and their histories, instead of them just dropping some bad dialogue, uh, swearing, and then pushing some buttons and being done with it, there are great action scenes. Uh, Amanda Plummer is a brilliant villain. The spaceship designs are amazing. The first four episodes of Picard Season 3 work as a movie. And in my opinion, it's the best Star Trek movie since, for TNG, that, that cast, since First Contact. Mm. Uh, Jonathan Frakes has also been directing some of these episodes uh, and has delivered, I think, some of the best Trek since Voyager doing, got home. He did. TNG, didn't he? He did. He also first, directed yeah. First Contact as well. Of course he did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's, you know, they he, brought he's... Wheaton back yet? Who? Will Wheaton? They brought. Him uh, back he back. he did appear at the end of season two of Picard. Really? That's yeah. So uh, he, I mean, he also did appear in the in the last movie during the the wedding, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's. It's like I got that big bang money. I don't need to do this. Now. <laughs> I, I love that they're honoring the legacy characters, and they are also developing the new cast as well. So they're juggling it right. Uh, now we've had the the explosive first four episodes. Now the now the plot's thickening. Um, I I hope that the show goes from strength to strength and doesn't drop out the bottom like its previous seasons. But I have you, faith. You got a fan in charge what from what you were saying. That's like that should never be a bad thing. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Fingers yeah. crossed, man. Alrighty. Well, I think. Oh no. I, oh, it is practically time for the news. But there is just one thing that I just. I needed to bring up... Say this slowly so I can take it in and enjoy it, please. Willow, the series, has been cancelled after one season. I'm going to eat that because it's so glorious to see. <laughs> Still, in my opinion, the worst TV show of last year. Fucking bag of shit. An abomination. Was. An absolute travesty. An insult to Willow fans. I cannot believe Warwick Davis d delivered such a non-performance. 
just I don't think it was caught in the last podcast but in the break we started discussing it and I went off so hard that my fucking smartwatch thought I was going for a run my my (laughs) blood pressure got that high (laughs) talking about that piece of shit I'm having to like do a bit of controlled breathing right now yeah just to hold back why why was that why just fucking why dude bad bad writing so like i'm bad. sure the actors would have been fine you know you but... know when something's real bad when there's someone you're watching someone reprise a role that you loved i love that first movie yeah. and you're watching like i'm watching warwick davis and i'm like has he always been shit and am i stupid like has he always been a terrible actor and i've only just noticed this? <laughs> maybe or is yeah. he doing this on purpose <laughs> is he you sabotaging know? this yeah, I, I like I, I I only reviewed Willow not too long ago, and I was like I I, I literally mentioned like he gave an admirable performance as like one of his first roles outside of Star Wars, outside of takes you know. it totally seriously in Willow. Yeah, nails it. It just yeah, there's just just, just just dull monotone delivery in Willow. There's like there's nothing. He's got no go in him, <laughs> oh, man. So yeah, no surprise that that shit got canned. Bye, bitch. <laughs> Alrighty, well. I got some some sad news, mm. of course. When we get to the news, uh, I want to talk and honour those in the industry that have passed away. Uh, I want to mention Tom Sizemore. Sadly, has passed away at the age of 61. Mm. Very, Very memorable yeah. actor who appeared in a variety of films, such as Saving Private Ryan, Heat, Black Hawk Down, Natural Born Killers, and Relic. Oh, God, I love Relic. Yeah. <laughs> worked with some of the best uh, directors in Hollywood. Point Break as well. Point, Point Break, Break yeah. yeah. Ridley Scott, Steven Spielberg, Michael Mann. You know, he's an actor whose troubled personal life often made for headlines whilst he was dealing with drug addiction, domestic abuse, accusations, and multiple lawsuits. Tom Sizemore himself had said at one point, uh, I should have been... Tom Sizemore himself had said at one point, uh, I should have been dead uh, many times over. And honestly, I didn't know if I was going to come back from the bottom I dropped too. Um, so yeah, we, we know that he had a, a rough time of it, uh, but sad to hear that he collapsed after suffering a brain aneurysm after a stroke. Uh, he remained in a coma uh, until uh, he passed away in his sleep. Um, but yeah, it's still uh, a very memorable character. Had such a strong presence in the films he was in. Um, yeah, man. Dude, that speech he gives him relic about the fucking bullet that should have fired and killed him and he yeah. like took the gun off him and beat the piss out of him I was, that's always one of my that's one of my favorites exactly like, he's he made that film, so you know? memorable because it's rare that he has really a leading role movie and yeah him and that you know he was the the main protagonist really in that one wasn't he yeah absolutely uh and uh the next one this one came as an absolute shock it's fucking yesterday right it happened yesterday i'm still shocked by it i'm still i, I, I mate, still am not I, ready to talk about I, it i posted it on the discord and then was like I gotta fucking Google this and make sure this I, I, is right. I don't believe like, it. Yeah, know, I don't. Yeah. I just didn't believe it. But Lance Reddick has passed away at the age of sixty. Wonderful actor, uh, taken way too soon. Mm. Uh, I re- I'm shocked to hear his passing. Funny, I was shocked he was sixty. Exactly. Looks about five years older than me. Yeah, I know. I was <laughs> like, like you know, man, that, he shape. looked good. Yeah, great really shape. Good. Yeah, great yeah. energy. Um, but I, I'm always going to remember him from TV shows such as Fringe, Oz. Lost uh, mm. and The Wire. The Wire was his big one. That was I his think, big one. It? Yeah. yeah. Uh, of course, recently, Netflix Resident Evil as Albert Wesker. Now, this show may have been piss awful, uh, but Lance elevated everyone uh, he shared the screen with, and he made an already iconic character his own. You know, Lance had such he a was strong. Trying, man. He was he fucking tried. Dry, but he played multiple versions of the same character, and each yeah, one in was one different. episode. Yeah. 
<laughs> now, it he fucking had... sucked, but each of his characters were different. <laughs> yes. He had such a strong, deep voice that you'd recognise it anywhere. Uh, even in video games such as Destiny as Commander Savala mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the Horizon, Horizon games as well. Yeah, plays in Horizon. Uh, he, um, he's also been fantastic in the John Wick series. Of, uh, he, um, he's also been fantastic in the John Wick series of films with the fourth film currently in cinemas now. Uh, John Wick director Chad Stileski said, uh, we're deeply saddened and heartbroken at the loss of our beloved friend and colleague. Lance Reddick. He was the consummate professional and a joy to work with. Uh, Keanu Reeves also said in a statement, uh, our love and prayers are with his wife Stephanie, his children, family and friends. We dedicate this film to his loving memory and we will miss him dearly. It's so strange that I was literally um, the, the hour before I saw the news I was walking my dog and I was talking to a friend of mine and before I'd gone out I just had I had the first John Wick just playing uh, in the background while I was working and um we, I was, we were just discussing about, like, with the fourth one coming out, it was like how, how tonally different that first movie is. And one of the things that I said about it is how different that first movie is. And one of the things that I said about it is how funny it's like to see the evolution of Lance Reddick's character, where he's he is literally just the concierge, you know, sort of yeah. looking after his dog but, and everything like that. But then by the third one, he's like, armor-piercing rounds. Like, you know, yes, yeah. a fucking badass who you it, could totally build it was part his of the character, franchise around. The way it was written, the yeah. way it was there, that, yeah, you could you could see the hotel that he's there having its own show, having mm-hmm. its own story. Easily. All the stories that are Absolutely. set there, based on his role and his performance. Helps that he has a fucking uh, voice that he could use to melt butter. Exactly. You know, like, yeah. He has he the stature for it, know, too, because he's, inti- he's tall. He's intimidating. You know? Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, he carries himself well. And uh, there was an amazing story. I think somebody posted on the, the Discord how it was uh, during the filming of one of the John Wicks. And it was Keanu Reeves' birthday. And he was like, I've not, not many scenes with uh, Lance Reddick. So I just want to go to the set and watch Lance Reddick do his scenes mm. and just, just watch him. And I was like, yeah. Speaks amazing volumes, guy. It? Speaks yeah. volumes. Yeah. It really does. Big shame. So, yeah, r- real, real shame. Uh, now. Something else that usually is a, a real shame to behold, <laughs> that's the Oscars. Uh, but apparently now, looking at all of the results from the Oscars 2023, pretty happy that Fucking everything, justice. everywhere, justice, all bitches. at once, took everything near yes. enough. <laughs> uh, best Picture went to everywhere, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, best Actress, Michelle Yeoh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Best Supporting Actress, Jamie Lee Curtis. Everything, everywhere, all in at once. In a year of Halloween ends, she got a fucking Oscar. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Ladbrokes were not taking bets on that. <laughs> it didn't, in, in her acceptance speech, she thank her horror fans? <laughs> Probably, again, like, because of the whole thing, I don't actually watch the Oscars, but I, I certainly, the next morning, I was I wanted to know who won. Um, uh, I didn't see Jamie Lee Curtis's, but the next one you'll talk about, I certainly, I couldn't Daniel, wait to watch um, that. Oh, it was uh, Kehu Kwan, who won Best Supporting Actor so for Everything Everywhere, All at Once. Uh, and his uh, reunion picture oh. uh, with with uh, Harrison Ford and Steven reunion picture oh. uh, with, with uh, Harrison Ford and Steven Spielberg, which I think it was Guillermo del Toro who was just like, let me take this picture. Yeah. It's the same one that you guys took. 30 odd years ago. Wholesome as fuck. It's wholesome as as hell. It's wonderful to see. Uh, and so yeah like it's obviously we're talking about a uh, short round from from Indiana Jones mm. uh, and to see him like acting again after all this time uh, is incredible. Did you see the story he, he he told a story about seeing Harrison Ford 
the first time for like years after. He didn't know so, how famous he was when he yeah, was working but with him. When he when he saw him and he saw him in like a hotel yeah. and was like he sort of like got his sense, he went, Hey, do you remember me? And without missing a beat, he went, Are you short round? And wow. that, you know, it's the fact that he, you know That connection, that bond they had. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Brendan Fraser oh. won Best Actor for The Whale. I am so glad he did. He I haven't even seen it. This. I haven't even seen it yet, and I'm so glad he won it because I think Brendan Fraser should win all awards, just not just ongoing. acting ones. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like if there's like I don't know, like if in my work there's a like you know, can we get a colleague of the week? I'm like, I think you should give it to Brendan Fraser. Yeah, he probably should. Yeah, he's for, earned for it. the money alone. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, The Whale was a, a spectacular picture. Um, I think it might potentially be my film of this The Whale was a, a spectacular picture. Um, I think it might potentially be my film of this year, even though it came out last year, but UK, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I, I was I'll, absolutely I'll be nominated. I was going to say, I'll be considering it in this year. Yeah, exactly, yeah, because of release schedules, yeah. it's a, a pain. But uh, I, I'm a huge fan of Darren Aronofsky movies. I've mm. uh, been waiting and waiting and waiting for this film. So even though The Whale may not have won Best Picture... Uh, it's so good to see Brendan Fraser bring home Best Actor. Uh, it's such a wonderful person, uh, and from all of his interviews that we've seen him, such a humble guy uh, who really shines in the way. Stood whale. up for his morals as well, man. Yes, yeah. So uh, put his morals above career, money, everything. Yeah, you know, and walked. And walked. <laughs> like, that's uh, some brave shit because I don't know that I could do that from that much money. Do you know what I yeah. mean? So uh, yeah. yeah, good on him. Awesome. So yeah, seven Oscars in total for Everything Everywhere All at Once and four Oscars for All Quiet on the Western Front. It won four Oscars for All Quiet on the Western Front. It won Best International Film, Best Score, Best Cinematography and Best Production Design. I, the only one in there that actually shocked me, because I loved All Quiet on the Western Front, it was a fucking phenomenal movie, but yeah. I, I am shocked, even though I didn't enjoy the film, I can't believe Nope didn't get like cinematography. I, I know! I'm, I, I, I'm saying that somebody was, didn't enjoy the film, but has got to acknowledge it film of what the year. it looked like. <laughs> it's not even I mean? mentioned, um, I, not I even was, nominated. I was shocked yeah. um, that very, that very annoyed. In the, wasn't in the... Question, uh, in but the category. I'm still very um, happy with the awards where they went for the most part, but yeah. Uh, and of course, yeah. Avatar 2 won Best Visual Effects. <laughs> I mean, of course. <laughs> Didn't win any others this time around, though. I mean, there were two movies released around water this year. One of them was Wakanda, and I turned that off halfway through. So oh, it's like, oh dear. I'm not fucking surprised, Avatar. One of them was Wakanda, and I turned that off halfway through. So oh, it's like, oh dear. I'm not fucking surprised, Avatar 2 won Best Visual, <laughs> and I ain't even seen it. So. <laughs> Alrighty, so uh, this next news story has got me very, very excited. Mike Flanagan is working behind the scenes on getting a proper adaptation of the Dark Tower books by Stephen King. Now, Mike directed <laughs> Gerald <me> twice. <laughs> right, shame <laughs> on me. Uh, but now, yeah, uh, Mike directed Gerald's Game and Doctor Sleep, and in my opinion, the excellent Midnight Mass. I enjoyed and the uh, Gerald's game is phenomenal. Haunting on on Hill House series uh, show and shows on Netflix. Now, for me, this is a director who is um, is who is uh, imaginative. Uh, he's a creator, and he wants to adapt this story. Now, uh, unfortunately for him, Doctor Sleep didn't make the money that the studio was hoping for because they had spin-off Shining Universe shows that all got dropped. Mm. And now Mike explained on the Script Apart podcast that the Dark Tower is the nexus of the multiverse 
for all of St- that the Dark Tower is the nexus of the multiverse for all of Stephen King's worlds and stories, and that characters from all the adaptations could feature in the the proposed Dark Tower films, including the characters of Danny and Rose the Hat from The Shining, and any other characters from Salem's Lot, from Maximum Overdrive, to Stephen King's It, you know? Nothing's confirmed yet. All we know is that Mike Flanagan has the rights to make the Dark Tower series or films, or a combination thereof. Uh, right now, the only thing he's looking for is a studio to greenlight it. And who's, who's the studio, sorry? Did you say? Who, there is studio, no studio. Is uh, right now... Uh, Everyone wants a fucking multiverse, dude. Like the Avengers, it, exactly. it's right now, there. Uh, Mike Flanagan is currently still working with Netflix. Obviously, they pulled the plug on his other show mm. uh, right now. Um, but I think Amazon Studios are going to come calling for Mike uh, for the Dark Tower series. Because I think that could be special, but and because it's Mike Flanagan attached to it, because obviously some of the other Amazon big money shows right now, like Game of um, Lord of the Rings and The Wheels of Time, have been absolutely catastrophic. So yeah, I, they need that. They need that hot property, don't they? They do. So I, I'm yeah. hyped, but at the same time, like, please don't get up. Please don't screw it up, Mike. Don't do it. <laughs> Creed 3 has passed the $100 million mark in its opening weekend. And now, Michael B. Jordan is looking to expand the Creed universe with more films, an Amazon Studios TV series, and now an animated series as well, whilst the Drago movie spin-off is still also in the works. There's a lot of Rocky stuff going along right now, with, without much is, Rocky is the works. There's a lot of Rocky stuff going along right now. The, the with, without much is, Rocky, is the, the one that Stallone is like, I'm not talking to anyone about. Like he's pissed about it. He's, he's, he's pissed at uh, Irving, who you know has pretty much owned Rocky since mm. the first movie and has kind of held it over Stallone this entire time, which yeah. is why the behind the scenes legal battles have occurred, and which is why Rocky's like, fuck it, I'm done. Yeah. Like, Go make your money. Dude, he's been, I mean, he's been trying to kill himself yeah. for the last few movies <laughs> yeah. since Rocky V. Like, the end of it, he's been literally like, and then Concussion, Rocky dies. Cancer. And then they're like, no, he doesn't. <laughs> and you're like, oh. So, it, it's kind of funny that he's so... I, mean, like, I get it, obviously, you know, it's it's, it's not, you know, that's yeah. how he, it made himself, obviously, especially with that first one. And he took a big risk on that first one, not... Or outright selling the script and by saying no, yeah. no, no, I want to be. Like, I'm, I'm directing. I'm, it. I'm in it. Yeah. This is my movie. So yeah, I yeah. totally get it. I totally get it. But um, I mean, I, I haven't seen Creed three yet. We were talking how we'd seen the last studio. We need to go to cinema and watch it. This is um, one, yeah. But I was just like, but cocaine I, bear, but but screen. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> I was like, John Wick four and a half. Um, I, I'm looking forward to it. it I'm, I'm sure it's going to be good. Yeah. You know, um, I like the fact that they're building this. The first one that's really building on. His story. Yes, for the first time now. So, in its it, entirety. The fact that it's done so well yeah, as well, is good. it means, yeah, okay. This if wasn't there's... like when they brought in, matey, you know, fucking Kang. They were, oh, it's Mr. T's son, is it? It's like, no, it's fucking not. <laughs> right. It's like, he hasn't got to fight the son of every one of Rocky's guys. <laughs> yes. Shit. I hope in Creed 4 he fights Rocky's son. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> That's got to go full circle eventually. Like, knocks him out with yeah. a single punch. And then it becomes <laughs> the Rocky show again. Yeah. <laughs> Oh dear. Alrighty. Well, we're into some quickfire news now. Yeah, this one might go right past you. If you don't know who Jack Kessie is. No, I'm gonna I'm not gonna shit you. We Googled him and we still don't know who he is. <laughs> this is Jack Kessie. This is the new Hellboy, and you're gonna like him. 
No, There's going to be makeup. He's like, <laughs> like he's Ron Perlman. I'm, I'm sure he'll look like Hellboy. It's like a like a cult icon, right? He's legendary. Like Ron Perlman, legend. Like David Harbour. Like yeah, okay, yeah, you're, you're not Ron Perlman in the Hellboy suit, but, but the film wasn't great. But, but like, he you looked just, good. But you just I had yeah, you just had a really good Christmas movie, <clears throat> which could be a yearly rewatch. Plus, oh, he's easy. been fantastic in Stranger Things. Absolutely. So he's got a, a following, a fandom. Who the fuck is Jack Kessie? That is one step above just going, do you know what, Hellboy's going to be full CGI? And we're just <laughs> right. going, do you know what? That would be better if they just went, just fuck CGI it, he'll be CGI. Just, Ron, will you just do a voiceover for us? Oh, yeah, amazing. Just fucking do that. Done. But uh, no, the studio wants to try again with Hellboy with a new reboot. Creator Mike McNola is writing the script for this one, and okay. they've got... Creator Mike McNola is writing the script for this one, and okay. they've got Crank, one of the Crank directors, Brian Taylor, who's going to be uh, directing this one. Oh, the Crank! Oh, fucking yes. great! <laughs> now, apparently, this film story is going to take place in the 1950s, following the story of the Crooked Man, uh, with a link to Hellboy's past. Okay, cool. So, if, if just if you are curious who Jack Kessie is, he briefly appeared in Deadpool 2. So briefly, we couldn't find a picture? Nope. He was also in the Strain TV show, and he was in films such as 12 Strong and Baywatch. You'll, you'll Google him and look at him and go, oh. <laughs> was he like person on the beach number four in Baywatch? Yes, I think I so. Just... <laughs> I think they got real cheap with this new movie. Uh, it doesn't instill me with much confidence. Plus, mm. I don't really care if Ron Perlman's not involved. If Guillermo doesn't instill me with much confidence. Plus, mm. I don't really care if Ron Perlman's not involved. If Guillermo del Toro's not involved, I'm sorry. No one it's really not cares Hellboy. Him, unfortunately, yeah. no. <coughs> Quentin Tarantino is gearing up to make his 10th and last film. Mm. Apparently, it's going to be called The Movie Critic. Reportedly, the script is already complete. Uh, and production won't commence until this autumn, as that is the sort of time frame backdrop that Tarantino wants for this film. And it's going to focus on a female film critic in L.A. in the 1970s. Uh, so that, she that's... will kill Sharon Tate in the most horrific fucking <laughs> way so possible. Based in reality until it's not. Yeah, until, <laughs> until... she murders Hitler's ghost. <laughs> now, Tarantino has already always said that he's he's going to make ten movies ten and, and out, that's right? it. Yeah. So whether this. <clears throat> You know, if this is his last movie, it'll be a swan song. Uh, it interesting material. Obviously, he might have something to say about I, film I, criticism I in general. He, I hope he plays the female film critic <laughs> without makeup. Without makeup, fuck right. it. Stuffs a bra <laughs> and just goes full tootsie and just doesn't give a fuck. It's my movie. I can do what I want. I'm a fucking hero. I can only imagine right now, like if you're in Hollywood, if you're connected in any way and you're like this is going to be his last ever movie I can imagine everyone is going to want to work oh, with him on this I was about to say like if you get into this movie it's like it's going to be huge yeah yeah I can only imagine can we can we, can we like can we call either Mia Goff for the female critic or yeah. um, ah from the menu and um, oh Anna Taylor Joy Anna Taylor Joy yeah, yeah, be, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll call that one right now but um yeah, you're right. I can I can literally see the entire cast of the entire Tarantino working <laughs> yeah. being in this one. You know that fucking uh, Brad Pitt has shown up for nine different cameras. Right. Don Travolta was like, make me relevant again. Yeah. <laughs> one more time, it's my last chance. Uh, some more casting news for you. I mean, this isn't confirmed casting yet, uh, but Guillermo del Toro has been looking to lock in his cast for the Frankenstein adaptation that he's been wanting to make 
for, I don't know, 10, 15 years now. Mm. Uh, he's now in talks with Andrew Garfield, Oscar Isaac, and Mia Goff. Uh, and this will apparently be a nice. Netflix production. I'm like, solid cast, yeah. brilliant director, everyone knows Frankenstein. Do it. Just do it, please. <laughs> No, oh, you've got to do Pinocchio first. Oh, fine. Exactly. Which was, yeah, Fuck which sake. is fantastic. Here's all the money. <laughs> <laughs> now, this, this, this next new, new story is a bit of a long one. Multi-layered as well. Uh, and again, something to get pretty damn hyped for. Mm. Evil Dead Rise is the first reviews have been coming forth after Rise's premiere at South by Southwest F- Film Festival. The Hollywood Reporter has said that it's a wonderfully sick new installment in the beloved horror franchise, adding, Blood is everywhere, penetrating the walls of an elevator and dripping from various orifices. Nice. Evil Dead Rise is unrelenting in in this way, even with the touches of pressure-alleviating humour. Cronin's film is a wonderfully sick series entry, deftly calibrated to satisfy fans and traumatise the uninitiated. I'm just saying, we haven't missed yet. Nope. <laughs> never been a, there hasn't been a bad Evil Dead movie. There hasn't yet. The film currently holds an 8.9 out of 10 on IMDb. Oh, dick out score in that. After is... 160 Ooh. votes so far coming from South by Southwest. Uh, however, we do have another review from someone that was actually at the premiere. They gave their honest and immediate reaction of, This movie fucking <laughs> sucks! Yeah, I read this. <laughs> Before being told to fuck off by Bruce Campbell himself. Like, get out, Sam! Like, <laughs> <laughs> right? Rainy, you motherfucker, get out! <laughs> uh, and the crowd cheered uh, as this poor person left, left the theatre. <laughs> uh, Evil Dead Rise will be in cinemas uh, or in theatres on the 21st of April. It's just over a month away, man. Oh, I cannot I wait. We're wait. all going to have to go and see this together. Absolutely, I, I want to. Be, I want to be there day one. Uh, and, and obviously, Evil Dead fans, if you're if you're listening to this right now, if you're listening to this later, go to the cinema and see yeah, this. Like Ash vs Evil Dead got canned because not enough people bought the DVDs or watched or subscribed to Stars. Even though I still blame them for doing it on stars mm-hmm. it wasn't the i don't think it was it was the network that, that allowed them to do it but it wasn't the network that was going to give it to the masses we weren't there for stars we're there for you bruce and sam and rob and but we weren't there for stars i'm afraid so uh let's go to the cinemas and see evil dead rise because sam raimi now has his own production company mm. and he is producing a ton of films right now and he has also just let slipped hype levels rising Sam Raimi wants to direct another Evil Dead movie with Bruce Campbell reprising the role of Ash. Uh, Of course, Bruce Campbell famously said back, what, five years ago, 2018, when Ash vs. Evil Dead 3 was cancelled, he retired the chainsaw. He was like, I'm done. My body is battered and bruised. The long filming schedule... I'm 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 in my 60s. I cannot keep doing this Ash character. But I mean, this is that was that was final, concrete, like no comebacks. But now that Sam has said I want to do more Evil Dead, Bruce said if Sam is directing and he wants Ash, I'll be there for him. Mm. I will be there for Sam. He said also went on to say it's because Sam Raimi is the only director that he will not punch in the face 
whilst they're making in Evil Dead anything. <laughs> I'm like, the relationship those two have. Which is ironic, because he's the one that's put him through the most fucking exactly, shit yes. as well. Like, but, that first movie, Daniel yeah, killed him. Yes. <laughs> uh, but they, they know each other. They understand each other. They have that history, that relationship. Uh, but it's exciting. It really is exciting. And um, Sam Raimi said he wanted to do an Evil Dead film back around the time when the Evil Dead remake was going ahead. But he was like, I decided not to go ahead with a Bruce movie because he thought audiences would get too confused if there was too many Evil Dead movies coming out. Yeah. He also said that this new Evil Dead so, Rise... Jam him in the credits. Right. This new Evil Dead cheer. Rise is obviously not in the Bruce Campbell-Ash timeline. It's not in the Evil Dead remake timeline. It's another universe. Mm. So this is our third Evil Dead universe now. And Sam said, it's the multiverse of Evil Dead. Like, so... Any director with an idea or a vision for the Evil Dead can now come to his studio as well and pitch the ideas around. But Sam said he's, he said he has a script for Army of Darkness 2 that's been kicking around for more than 10 years. Yeah. He has so, also, though, been tapped allegedly to do the new, the next Doctor Strange. The next, uh, yeah, so that's yeah. obviously schedule wise, he's going to be. He's going to be busy. Yeah. But it also means. And he, it's not like he's going to be like, hey, do you mind waiting while I make this evil debt? Like, no, Sam, get the fuck over here. And right. Make, make we've our already paid you. $150 million dollar movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, 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 it's exciting. It means there's hope that we're going to get uh, at least one more Evil Dead movie uh, with, with Ash. Um, now, one, one other thing as well um, is that uh, the director said. That, of course, Ash is not going to be appearing in the new Evil Dead film. Cronin confirms he's not in the film, um, but he has teased that Bruce Campbell is hidden in Evil Dead Rise somewhere. He has a small presence in the movie, and he said, The first person to figure it out and send me a tweet, I'll give them 50 bucks. Okay, I've not so, seen it. I'm telling you now, it'll be like a card will cut out like the Ted Dancing Ghost in... Right. little baby behind the curtain. That's <laughs> I'm reckoning like... <laughs> Bruce is going to be a voice for one of the deadite possessed deadites or demons. That's a good Bruce is going to be a voice for one of the deadite possessed deadites or demons. It's a good shout. I think so. That's the subtlety that I think uh, it's going to be. Have an ear out for like, uh, say, like, um, what's it called? Commercials in the background. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be an audio thing. That's like what that, I'm yeah. expecting it to be an audio thing. You know. Uh, but uh, if I was him now, I'd go back. And splice in some kind of argument between neighbours in the hallway and have the cut from him telling that guy to get the fuck out right. from the screening. <laughs> yes, and like, yes. I'd cut that shit into the movie yes, now. Yeah. <laughs> I think you don't like the film. You're fucking in it now, mate. <laughs> Just to be a dick. Right. Well, that is it for the news. I don't have any trailers for you this time around, unless there's any you can think of, Andy. I don't. Uh, I, mate, I don't think I've watched any trailers. <laughs> no. <laughs> <don't watch> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the um, just been oh, do you know, actually, no. I fucking oh. will say one, and it does kind of tie into our theme. And I don't know if you've seen it. Um, if you're a fan like I am of the comedian Burt Kreisner, he's um, famous for doing the Machine sketch, where it's talking about him as a as a Florida frat boy going to Russia and getting involved with the Russian mafia. <laughs> okay. He's turned, <laughs> and this is amazing because I don't really know any comedians that have really done this before. It's his most famous, you know, sort of like sketch. Okay. And he's turned it into a movie starring himself as himself. Okay. Being sort of called back to Russia because of this this story that he's told. Mark Hamill is playing his dad in it. <laughs> okay. Who in the trailer is phenomenal. So if, if you're a fan what's of... The, what's it called? Uh, the Machine. The Machine. It's okay. just called The Machine and that's what the sketch is. You can watch his special on Netflix. We'll definitely get into this in a minute. But you can watch his special on Netflix um, or you could literally go on YouTube to put in... Bert Kreisner, the machine. You put in the machine, you'll see it. But 
when I saw the trailer for this, I I marked out hard. <laughs> nice. I was like, shut the fuck up, they're making a fucking movie of that. Uh, but also, I think it's a really interesting... Every comedian's got their top story, the one that's sort of like, you know, the, the bit, like, for Jim Jeffries, it was like the gun control bit, but I've never seen them go like, I'm actually going to take this this joke, joke and make a movie, a movie out of it. An entire film. Wow. Looks amazing. <laughs> and the, um, yeah, the trailer does genuinely look great. You know, awesome. Doesn't look cheap either, and um, it, it looks like it's good. that one's definitely one that I'm going. To I want to check this trailer out now. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, we'll watch it in the break. Sure. <laughs> well, that's it. We are going to take a short break now, but when we come back, we are going to be breaking down our top five yes. best comedy movies of all time. Don't go anywhere. And welcome back to the second part of the podcast where we are going to be breaking down our favourite and best comedy films of all time yes. into our top fives. So, Ian is, is absent uh, for this yes. one, but he has forwarded his own uh, selection uh, of honourable mentions and a top five, but we don't know which order they are in. So, I think we'll just read out Ian's honourable mentions to get us started. Yeah. Which we did kind of say to ourselves between us, we're just about to list about a hundred just funny fucking movies that we right. thought of. Because this was, we we both sort of like we sat here before the podcast, didn't we? I think we said five or six different movies that were like, oh, this so nearly made the top five. Yeah, and we realised how hard when we said, oh, let's just do five. It's like well, that made it really. Difficult. That makes it harder. <laughs> it actually makes it more difficult. Uh, so Ian's honourable mentions include Shaun of the Dead, Kung Pao, Kung Fu Hustle, More Rats. Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Right, stop. Sorry, just one quick thing. Yeah. This is the thing where he's put Kung Pao and Kung Fu Hustle next to each other. Is that like, like they're in any way related? <laughs> right. <laughs> this is Ian. This is, this is Ian's list. This is oh, an insight into the mind of Ian. Yeah. <laughs> Black Sheep. That's a weird one, Ian. That what a, a question, film, that one. Yeah, good, good. Um, yeah. Uncle Buck. Love that movie. Three Amigos. How High. Slash, don't be a menace to society while drinking your juice, juice in, in the, the hood. Slash, don't be a menace to society while drinking your juice, juice in, in the, the hood. hood. Okay. Not related. No. <laughs> Blazing Saddles and Spaceballs. I'll let him have that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carry on films, any of them with Kenneth Williams. Absolutely. Yeah. Airheads, California Man, Peter Sellers. Mystery Men, The Replacements, Dude. Where's my car? Biodome, Evolution, Austin Powers, Wayne's World, Bill and Ted. The replacements. What do you call that comedy movie? I mean, no, it's a sports drama. It's a great fucking movie. Yeah, and it has got some very funny bits in it though. Yeah, and it did have the official dance of the house one movie. Yeah, and it has got some very funny bits in it though. Yeah, and it did have the official dance of the house when we were in there. To be fair, to I survive. So there's a little insight for you. (laughs) I watched Evolution the other day. It's still fucking great. It's um, (laughs) Ivan (laughs) Reitman, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that was Ian's honourable mentions. I'll uh, I'll jump over to mine, Andy. Go yep. for it. Alrighty. So again, these are in, in no particular order. They're just honourable mentions. Some of these were initially on my top five list, but they got dropped out. And my selection, my internal selection for these films, were films that actually make me belly laugh, laugh out loud. Not just that's funny, but can't control myself laughing. So. 
some of these films are, I think are better than them under my top five for other reasons, but not for comedy. So, The Big Lebowski from 1998, Naked Gun 1988, Dumb and Dumber 1994, <laughs> Ghostbusters 1984, Blazing Saddles 1974, Ace Ventura Pet Detective from 94, Funny shit, Harold and Maud from 71, oh my God. Local Hero from 1983, Hot Fuzz 2007, National Lampoon's Vacation, although pretty much just said any National, National Lampoon. Super Troopers from 2001, Police Academy 1984, Galaxy Quest 1999, Galaxy Quest. Beetlejuice <laughs> 1988, What We Do in the Shadows 2014, mm, Who Framed Roger Rabbit 1988, Clarks 1994, Team America World Police 2004, and Idle Hands, 1999. Idle so, Hands is such an underrated gem of a movie. It is, it is, but it, I was just like, gem it's great. I love it. Like, of all of the stoner comedies, like, because this one's horror as well. Yeah. It, and Seth Green and... Uh, oh, it's up there, man. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's a sleeper that not many people uh, know about. So, yeah. But Idle Hands, it was in my list and then just got bumped off eventually. Hmm. Andy, your honourable mention. So my, I, I've kind of d- done a similar thing. So again, like a few of these were nearly in the top five, and I, I went for like I, I tried to go for um, straight comedy. So like we talked about, like say Ghostbusters, for example, and yours, like it, I treated that as kind of as a bit more of an action comedy, maybe. Like I would let I would, for example, and yours, like it, I treated that as kind of as a bit more of an action comedy, maybe. Like I would let I would sort of like say one of my funniest movies of all time is like Beverly Hills Cop, but I'm putting that more as an action comedy. So I've tried to go for straight what I would consider comedy. So. Uh, honorable mention. So, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is one of my favourite movies of all time. With, nice. Uh, Michael Caine and um, Steve Martin. Absolutely love it. The Hangover trilogy. <laughs> Lord's nice. Diminishing Returns, but funny. <laughs> so, that first one's fucking hilarious. The Burbs. Love that movie. <laughs> oh, I love that movie so much. That's I know per- everyone like, does. Perfect Sunday movie. Um, uh, Cable Guy. Oh, yes. Fucking mental. I, yeah. Mental. Um, Some Like It Hot. It still fucking holds Classic. up. It's still yeah. a funny fucking movie. The Cornetto trilogy, obviously, as well, I absolutely love. And sure. I think, actually, Hot Fuzz might be my favourite out of the three. It is my favourite of the Maybe three, too. Maybe because it's, it's, we could almost go there now. Yes, yeah, right. Like, it wouldn't take long for us to go there. <laughs> yeah. um, hot Shots. Oh, honestly. no! So, it's, so why very hot shots nearly on my list? ended up in my top five. Yes, Hot Shots part um, two. Oh, my God, because, yeah. Um, and Aeroplane. Yeah, National Lampoon's. I put Loaded Weapon one. Oh yeah, great, you, great. I'm a huge fan of spoofs. Apparently, I didn't even know it. Um, <laughs> Austin Powers. Yeah, probably Lord Diminishing Returns again, but still great. I put Galaxy Quest. Because yeah, we both got it in our honourable. Our last hope. It's still it Just it still holds up. Spaceballs, obviously, <laughs> yeah. again, great parody. Uh, Pineapple Express and any of the like the Judd Apatow, any of the Seth Rogen movies from that era. Yeah. Um, Coming to America. Nice, yeah. Um, the Great Outdoors is one of my absolute favourites. Um, and also Team America is just fucking... <laughs> it's so quotable. It's so memorable. That's, yeah, absolutely <laughs> one of the things that gets it in there. It's amazing, yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, the uh, the Python films as well. Yeah. So, I mean, if you didn't hear your, your film there, we that was just our honourable mentions. That doesn't mean we think it's shit. Exactly. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, we'd be here all fucking night. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I think we'll go into Ian's. Well, I think we'll just do all of Ian's and then we'll back and forth far. Because we don't know what Ian's orders are in. True. And he has and six he did films. Six. <laughs> so, in no particular order, this is Ian's top six favorite and best comedies of all time Naked Gun, 
Police Academy. Tommy Boy slash Joe Dirt. Not related. <laughs> Ready to I rumble. I fucking love Joe Dirt. Monty Python's Holy Grail. Yeah. So some absolute, absolute bangers in there. Won't argue with a single one of those being in a top six. I, I, I honestly, personally, like Ready to Rumble and Tommy Boy and Joe Dirt, like, no. I, I love Ready to Rumble. It's fucking I, I, stupid as fuck. Yeah, like, I, I, I could watch that one again, but definitely Joe Dirt. I thought it was funny the first time around. The second time I, I watched it, I, I couldn't wait for it to end. The only thing, I've not watched the sequel. I've I not didn't watched, know there was one. Yeah, it's, I only found this out recently. <laughs> no. But I've not watched the sequel. So, cool. uh, Ian, that was Ian's contribution. Thank you, Ian. Alrighty, so let's do. Sure, I'll start yeah. with my number five. And this is Super from 2010, director James Gunn. The story follows uh, af- after his wife falls under the influence of a drug dealer, an everyday guy transforms himself into Crimson Bolt, <laughs> a superhero with the best intentions but lacking in heroic skills. Uh, stars Rain Wilson, Elliot Page, Liv Tyler, Kevin Bacon, Nathan Fillion, and of course, Michael Rooker. Uh, and now, this film released in the shadow of Kick-Ass, uh, and you know, subsequently did not get as many eyeballs on this uh, as, as Kick-Ass did, which I think is a real shame, uh, because this film has been endlessly rewatchable mm. for me. And I get great joy watching others discover this film for the first time. It becomes more and more refreshing for me in the wake of the superhero-dominated decade of cinema. You know, super is funny. You get the feeling if it was released now, yeah. it would do so much I think it would more. do so much better, which is why, I, again, I'd, I'd like people you didn't to get, you, go you see this. Get, I don't think you'd get um, uh, Deadpool. Yeah, exactly. Without without this. super, yeah, because yeah. it pushed the boundaries of R-rated superhero comedy, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is also offensive Rob in places. Play God in that one as well. I think when he does the fucking thing, is that Rob Zombie voice? As well, well in, super. in super, no, isn't Nathan Fillion? Well, he's he's the God. Oh, he's, character, yeah, so isn't he? yeah, it is Rob. Yeah, 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 yeah. So fucked up. <laughs> um, so yeah, super is funny. It's challenging, shocking, disgusting, and surprising. You know, it's funny and it's cringy and it is laugh out loud crazy. Quotable as uh, fuck. I've listed some of my best scenes. Mm. Shut up, crime! <laughs> the, the, the montage of, you know, the you don't butt in line, you don't sell drugs, you don't molest <laughs> little children, you don't profit on the misery of others. The rules were set a long time ago. They don't change. I love it. <laughs> uh, Liv Tyler's face in the vomit in the toilet bowl. Mm. Nathan Fillion is the angelic TV superhero. Elliot Page's overexcited and enthusiastic Libby, the sidekick. <laughs> uh, and the scene where they go out to fight crime and nothing happens. It's just a slice of reality and then a slice of the extreme. Uh, it's James Gunn. Uh, you know, I talk about him all the time. Slice of the extreme. Uh, it's James Gunn. Uh, you know, I talk about him all the time. This is for me is funniest funniest movie. I um I love the fucking scene where he's like talking about how he needs a weapon. Yes, he's like and he's the, the whole thing is sort of, you know it's it's going through the like it's got to be perfect it's got to be it's got to be elegant it's got to be stealthy it's got to be this that and the other and then he just gets a huge fucking wrench, wrench. And smashes a melon with it and goes yeah that'll do. <laughs> and that's Gordon, what he fucking uses. Gordon Freeman to be proud. <laughs> is, is it, yeah, Kevin Bacon isn't it? Is Kevin Bacon is the villain. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh my god, so yeah. funny. So yeah, and endlessly rewatchable for me. Super, highly recommend it. Of that's course, a, that is a great movie. Yeah, 
Uh, my number five is one that actually we all, including Ian, went to see together, which is uh, Super Troopers. Nice, yeah. It, um, it was an honourable mention for me, Super Troopers. That movie. Uh, big fan of the Broken Lizards, guys. I even like Beer Fest that they did yeah. together. Super Troopers is definitely their best movie. Yes, without um, a doubt. But they're, they're a great group of guys um, uh, with some with some really great scripts. Um, so Super Troopers is um, sort of set. I believe is it really great scripts. Um, so Super Troopers is um, sort of set. I believe is it set between like the border of Canada and America, isn't yes, it? Like, yeah, and yeah. they're kind of like patrolling the highway, and it's um, about you got one group of troopers, and like, and then you got the state troopers, the, and they're the competition going at each other. One of them's going to get shut down, but none of them really obey the the letter of the law. The um, right meow. Oh scene is the, it's always the first when, one that pops up when they start yeah they'll pull over people and play certain games with them you know which is like <laughs> you got to say meow at certain times and he's like license <laughs> registration hurry up meow <laughs> what did you just say yeah, meow did you say meow I say meow like, oh my god um uh my wife <laughs> my wife's a wonderful person please don't take this like she isn't one of her favorite things to yell at me if i ask if she's okay based on the scene where mac t- he's got a uh bulletproof cod piece on at the range right and he gets shot in it and they ask him if he's okay so if i'm like if i'm in the house and i'm like baby you okay you will regularly hear from another room good enough to fuck your mother (laughs) she loves my mother oh my god it's um it's i think i've gone through a a vhs copy of it a dvd copy of it and a blu-ray copy of it because i've watched it ad nauseum um there's a, a phenomenal um there's the world's greatest Halloween costume ever in it with the bear. Yes. <laughs> God, no. <laughs> I won't spoil it. If you've not seen it, if you've seen it, you know. Um, and uh, one of the most phenomenal sort of like just brilliant drunken fights at the end, um, which I absolutely love. Super, it, it, I, will never, I will never get bored of watching that movie. I absolutely love Super I, uh, I, I also would just like to bring up the sequel, which... <laughs> Which was um, See, I wasn't gonna. <laughs> yeah, you probably. Yeah, you know, I probably shouldn't. It's probably not worth bringing up. But yeah, waited so many years for it. So much talk of them wanting yeah. to do a follow up, and they eventually got round to doing it. And it was disappointing. It was. It was. It was so lackluster. It yeah. was. I, I, I was in the cinema at the time, and it was just empty screening after yeah, empty they just, screening. They just didn't have a lot of good jokes in it, unfortunately. Word of mouth but it does. It. it doesn't detract from that first one, man. It that doesn't. First, that one that first up. one's yeah. fucking great. You know. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. I'd highly recommend seeking it out if you haven't seen it. And I would give I would say I'd give Beer Fest a go as well if you enjoy that cast. Yeah. Because they're very good in that. Yeah. Alrighty, so moving on to my number four. This one is the one that comes straight from the heart from director John Hughes. Uh and no matter how many times I watch this film, it still brings a smile to my face, still brings tears to my eyes. It goes through the, the gambit of emotions where with this film. Still brings tears to my eyes. It goes through the, the gambit of emotions where with this film. Uh and that's planes, trains and automobiles mm. from nineteen eighty seven. Uh, and the story follows a Chicago advertising man that must struggle to travel home from New York for Thanksgiving with a lovable oaf of a shower curtain ring salesman as his only companion. Steve Martin, <laughs> John Candy, just absolutely amazing. Uh, best scenes for me from the film. The moment uh, the two of them meet at the airport to the moment they carry the case to Neil Page's home, you know, and everything in between. It, honestly, the whole movie. <laughs> the whole movie's my favourite yeah, scene. The whole movie's <laughs> my favourite scene. I, I just can't, I can't say enough, but if I have to, uh, I'm going to say the, the morning in the hotel, you know, where's your hand? It's between two pillows. Yeah. Those aren't pillows. Um, you know, uh, the, the, the burnt out car 
the devil transition when they're going the wrong way. Like the whole the whole when sequence. They go between, they go between, yeah, between the, the two, two trucks. Yeah. Uh, absolutely amazing. The like uh, when he, he's drying his face with what he thinks is a towel and it, it unfolds is, it into a fucking giant wire fronts. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the shower curtain sail montage, uh, the the frozen backseat ride with Otis, uh, just. It is it like even <coughs> even the scenes where they're having a go at each other and arguing, like you, I mean, even if you know where the film's it, it going, it sets the standard for films like that going. It does, you know. yeah. It, the perfect road trip template is planes, trains, and automobiles. Absolutely, uh, and of course, it's my favorite John Candy film. It's my favorite Steve Martin film. Uh, even though I may not laugh out loud as much anymore with this film, it hits in all the right places. And the nostalgia of rewatching it almost every year, even though we don't celebrate Thanksgiving over here, I feel the message in this film. You know about family and friendship and connecting with with someone. And it's um, it's kind of because I think because we don't celebrate Thanksgiving, it's almost become like a pseudo Christmas movie. For almost us yes, it's like absolutely not a Christmas yeah. movie, but a movie you watch at Christmas. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just such a wholesome. No, no. Performance. I love yeah. it so much. Uh, yeah, that was my number four: planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh, such a good movie. My my number four is uh, Naked Gun. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say like say the first one, but those three movies for me. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say like say the first one, but those three movies for me. Fucking again, I love spoofs. Apparently, <laughs> I I was in love with Police Squad. So right. that was the series. If you didn't know, that was the series that preceded it. Which we watched over here on like you know free TV on like BBC Two or something, yeah. And they were like kind of like shorts, really. I don't even think they were like thirty minutes long. They were like twenty minute episodes yeah. or something like that, yeah. And then when they brought out the Naked Gun, it is absolutely top tier spoof comedy. It's like they distilled the, all the jokes down how to the fuck perfection. We are still able to laugh at OJ Simpson. I know. As well. I know. Um, is is mad so it is literally just yeah this inept um you know police detective frank drebin who's tasked with you know some kind of like high profile um case or job that he's completely unqualified to deal with in each of the movies that's basically it and it's just joke after joke after joke after joke it's like you know the saturday night live era of just you yeah. know poking fun at every little thing that goes on the first one the reason it probably stands out for me is mostly for the, the again favorite scenes one um I do get a crossover over it, so I might be right. Like I believe is the first one with O.J. Simpson. Um, do you get a crossover over it, so I might be right. Like I believe is the first one with O.J. Simpson, um, where he kicks the door in, and it's, he goes to kick in the door of this boat, um, and uh, just puts his foot through the fucking door. <laughs> right. So while he's doing that, twenty guys start pulling out guns <laughs> while he's fumbling with the door, and he finally gets it open, walks in, he's like, "Police." Throw down your guns. <laughs> One fucking dude throws his gun down, and all of them turn to him like, "Pick your, pick your fucking gun." Um, but the definitely the first one, absolutely something that will make me laugh. So I'm going to struggle to get through this. Is he infiltrates a baseball game? Yeah, and takes over as the umpire. <laughs> and when he learns that the crowd, the crowd will cheer when he gives a strike. <laughs> proceeds to give the most animated strike calls you've ever fucking seen yelling at the top of his voice strike two oh my god we, we watched it again recently I was gone as soon as it started I see it I'm, I'm streaming it's the music it just it yeah. goes into a montage it's phenomenal <laughs> freaking um, what's her Priscilla Presley's in it for goodness sake isn't I forgot you know like yeah. um, and, I need to um, it's been a while since I've yeah, seen top it, it, uh, yeah, top naked gun. gun. Naked yeah, gun. It's um, it, it's it's absolutely 
just just phenomenal <clears throat> set of movies. I yeah. absolutely love them. The um, they carried on the intro as well, which I love with the whole police squad, where yeah. it's um, <clears throat> it's a camera with a police siren the, yeah, going, going through. through. Just, yeah, you know, one thing is on the road, the next is in a girl shower. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's no right fucking reason, yeah. man. It's absolutely brilliant. The, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's one liner city. Um, the safe sex pits that I remember yeah. as a kid. I, I, I was like, I was almost scarred for life as a kid because I was like, oh, that's what they do. Right. Like, that's protection. <laughs> like, so oh. that's what a condom is. Okay. <laughs> Maybe this isn't all funny. I don't know. <laughs> Naked gun, I'll watch all day, every day. Nice. Yeah. Alrighty. So I'm on to my number three. Third favorite best comedy film of all time for me goes to. Airplane from 1980. We all love spoofs. We love spoofs. Like it was the golden age of spoofs, man. Uh, three directors for this one: Jim Abrahams, uh, David Zucker, and Jerry Zucker. And the story follows a man afraid to fly must ensure that he lands safely after the pilots become sick. Uh, so this 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 film is literally just gag central. There are gags happening. In the forefront, while there are gags happening oh in the you background, while it. there are gags happening in the audio in the background, and another Leslie Nielsen performance, and, well. and another yeah. Leslie Nielsen, exactly. So it's either the background and, or airplane and for and me, you, and I, I fall on the side of airplane because I love the ensemble hot shots. and hot shots. Hot exactly. shots airplane, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, do you know it's funny because of course you've got Lloyd Bridges, yes, in that and hot shots. Obviously, Jeff Bridges, yeah, Dad, dead. yeah. It's like I chose Lloyd the wrong Bridges. week to quit sniffing glue. Oh my god! <laughs> and, and he just plays the same character in Airplane as he does in Hot Shots. Yes, the, the shit that that man comes out with <laughs> when he's like, I think the one Shinian talked about is um, it's in Hot Shots where he's 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 like um, he's looking at a painting as an Air Force commander, and yeah. it's, a, it's like the painting of like an airfield painting. Look at it. No one's doing anything down there. Look at that guy just stood around. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, like at the picture. Oh my god! There's, um, <laughs> the uh, what was it when he comes down? Um, he falls down a bunch of stairs on an aircraft carrier. Yeah, and he does this amazing like turn, <laughs> just stands up like nothing happened. He's like, who put that crab there? <laughs> and the guys with me, he's like, what crabs? Don't tell me there wasn't a crab. There are two crabs. They work in pairs. Just shit like this that yeah, he comes out like, with. And he just sells it so well and so deadpan throughout all yeah. of it. You know, that it just sells it so well and so deadpan throughout all yeah. of it. You know, the injuries that he can't even puts the thing through his ears. Like, yeah. you know, everything. He's like, I lost my eardrums in Nam. And he's like, fucking <laughs> flosses. <laughs> yeah. From the bloody uh, autopilot that they put on. Autopilot is the, such a classic guy. Just wanted it? to wish you both good luck. We're all counting on you. <laughs> Don't call me Shirley. Don't call me Shirley. The the Pinocchio knows. Uh, I love the skit where the all of the... The two little kids. The two little I'll kids, take yeah. My coffee, I'll take my coffee I like my black. Men black. black. I like my men, yeah. What? <laughs> I love the skit where <clears throat> all of the passengers sat next to him are all committing suicide while he recounts this love story. <laughs> uh, I love the bit where you've got the uncontrollable lady who's just having a breakdown, and you've got the queue of people all queuing up to just punch her, shit smack out her with her, a crowbar. Yeah. Got the old lady with a gun. Guy's got boxing gloves on. He's yeah. like warming up. Yeah. I love the the bit in the cockpit where they're all like, "What's your Victor? Victor? Roger? Yeah. Roger? Like what? What? Who? Huh? Huh?" <laughs> It's just literally the, the more you think about this film, you just see scenes and in so clips. They, they, like they the do Jaws spoof at the beginning. Well. Oh, the plane over the, the clouds. Tail. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> Airplane oh, 2, the sequel. <laughs> I was never a big fan of the second one. 
Um, it just it didn't. No, it just wasn't right. good at the end of the day. It just yeah. wasn't as good. It's hard uh, to capture lightning in a bottle twice. To be true. Honest, you know. Absolutely. I will, I will give Hot Shots the fucking nod on that for being two great movies. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. One after the you other. Know. Yeah. Uh, I've got the shit hitting the fan. Like for real? <laughs> oh god! It's when he's sweating. Yeah, it's so it becomes ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, just uh, it's it's good. Yeah, so airplane. I'll, my number I'll three. I'll throw another one out with there as well, which is another Leslie Nielsen one. So obviously, this is thing was when he did Repossessed. Yes, yeah, the Exorcist spoof kind of, Where, which they got Linda Blair in yeah, for yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. So clearly, she was like, "I give no fucks." <laughs> yeah, genius. Oh my god, I loved it. Alrighty, Andy, uh, number three. Speaking of movies where it's like great first movie, not so great a sequel, but uh, my number three. It's a little bit cliche at these points, but um, but fucking Anchorman. I I love that movie. I know, I know. You don't. This is the first time we're disagreeing tonight. I, I know, but it's not it's not a bad thing. I, I but that's remember, comedy for I us. I remember, though, right? yeah, absolutely. I remember going to watch that in the cinema in Sheffield with my wife when it first came out. So we're definitely. I don't even know what year it is, but we're going back like around. I think we were living years, in the shared like house when that that film came because I know that film was played a lot in that shared oh, house. Oh, it was, man. Let's yeah, do- but before, listen, before memes, all we did was sit around and scream Anchorman quotes at each other, all yes, right? Yes, I know, so- you did. <laughs> um, just as a comedy movie, though, me personally, yeah, it's one of... It, character. Just as a comedy movie, though, me personally, yeah, it's one of... It, Characters-wise, oh my god, it's phenomenal. Obviously, if you don't know, I don't know how you wouldn't know about Anchorman in this day and age. But you know, would, it's, would you um, say it's like Will Ferrell's best movie or for you uh, his best comedy? His yeah. most fucking well-known one, isn't it? Yeah. For sure. Um, probably. I mean, it's, and it's certainly the one that <laughs> that greenlit them to make twenty Will Ferrell movies back to back to back. Didn't who's they? You know, his when he most common into, co-star? Like, it's um, John C. Riley. John C. Riley. I would say yeah. Step Brothers is probably. Maybe Step Brothers, which should probably be on honourable mentions, is is up there as well as one of my favourites. But I just think Anchorman to me is because it's more an uh, iconic comic. character. Yeah, it's yeah. more comic. You've got obviously, you know, the se- I love movies set in the seventies and stuff as well. And when they spoof that, the uh, cameos are great. The I okay, Step Brothers is amazing, but it doesn't have the fight in it that Anchorman has when they all get together in the alleyway. I only got like half an hour into Anchorman. And just, I just, I know. Oh, couldn't man, do it. They, I couldn't they, do it. They have a fight between like four or five different news groups, and each time they bring in a new one in, there's like a cameo, like Ben Stiller's in it and stuff like that. They, over, they almost overdid it in the okay. sequel. Like fucking Liam Neeson and Will Smith are in it, for God's sake. Kanye, West, <laughs> Kanye West is in it. It's fucked up. But that, that first one is, um, for me, one of the most instantly quotable movies. It's one that I enjoyed my wife to this day as well. Um, yeah, and it, and it's a really interesting one if you watch it as well because if you, if you get like um like the Blu-ray version of it as well, um, they basically made the movie twice. There's a whole other version of Anchorman oh, this, that right. they made and then just scrapped. In what sense? Um, it's, the plot is completely different. They end up going to like the woods at some point, getting lost in the woods, and you know, I mean, you've got early performances from Steve Carell now, who's like obviously okay. huge woods, and you know, I mean, you've got early performances from Steve Carell now, who's like obviously okay. huge, as yeah. he did like yeah. the American version of The Office and yeah. such yeah. as well. You know, obviously, um, uh, uh fuck, help, Ant Man's in it. Um, ah, Paul, uh, Paul, Paul Rudd. Rudd. Yeah, you know, looks the same age. Yeah, um, yeah, he's never aged. <laughs> you know, so you've got some really big. Actors that are in it. So what um, happened with the second one then? I, don't know, I think they just scrapped it. I'll be honest; I've not watched it for ages, so I'll be I'll be speaking out of time. I won't really know. Um, but um, yeah, you can watch the majority of that movie cut together on like a Blu-ray or a DVD yeah. copy of it. You know, it's just really weird. Um, 
But yeah, Will Ferrell's never been. I, I've never really I enjoyed every, his films. I talk to him, people seem to either love him or hate him. To be fair, now I, yeah. I, I, I. I I understand. I, I Chat, have seen the other guys is an is a great I was fucking say, movie. I I really like the other guys. Uh, I, and that was uh, who's who's his? It's um, uh, Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, he was another one that I'm just like. You know that was the original like... cast. That that was originally what um what's the Kevin Smith one with uh, Tracy Morgan and uh, Bruce Willis? Uh, oh, the cop out. cop out. Yeah. So originally, yeah, that's the film they were making was the other guys. They were or they sorry they were doing it with Will Ferrell, and Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. And then they basically went across the road to the other studio and made a buddy cop movie called wow. The Other Guys, and then that's wow. when they brought them in. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, to, to the other guys. I, that that's the one Will Ferrell movie that I'm like that works in the comedy sense. I honestly, I also liked Will Ferrell in the Lego Movie. Um, I thought he sent brought uh, honestly. Um, uh, a level of humanity to that role, which was great as the dad, mm. uh, and of course the the you know the main villain in the film. I've only seen it once, a long time ago now. Yeah, uh, but there was another one as well that he did. It wasn't. It's a comedy, but more of a drama. And it, I forgot, I've forgotten the name. And the of one it. where he's the done, one... he takes all his shit out into the front garden because he's having a divorce or something like that. Stranger um, Than Fiction is the one. Um, oh, where he's the, the is the one where he can his... hear a narrator yeah, narrating. Emma Thompson, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, so I, that that was the film that broke my barrier it, down to uh, to appreciate Will Ferrell as a performer, as an actor. And I'm like, he, he's yeah. got some range, uh, and you know, his face says a lot. It's you know, it's layered and wrinkled, and it's inter- He's interesting to look at. But then I see him in my, in, in, I, I feel wasting his potential in crap like. Like Step Brothers. <laughs> oh, I love Step Brothers. I know you do. I'm so it's like, he's, come he's, on, man! Like you have to call me Dragon. You have to call me Nighthawk. That's fucking funny. He's come just, on, man! Like you have to call me Dragon. You have to call me Nighthawk. That's fucking funny. Yeah. So. But no, I got I got to go with Anchorman. I may, nice, I may even yeah. like give it the the edge just for fucking um, Steve Carell's brick with the shit that he comes out with. <laughs> you know, I love lamp, all that stuff. Killed a guy with a trident. That <laughs> everything about it. Um, absolutely just screams classic to me now. Nice, nice. Alrighty, so I think we're on to our top top twos. Yeah. Alrighty, now this one wasn't even originally on my list. I I I tried to go with just pure comedy. Otherwise, like. Many times people have asked me, uh, "Evil, like, what's my favorite comedy of all time?" I'm like, "Evil Dead 2. Um, but then when I'm I'm putting this list together, I'm like, I want to go for at least as much as I can for like family orientated comedy films or general speaking just comedy. It's like it's just own bracket um, because then otherwise you end up with sci-fi comedy, sci-fi horror, sci-fi musical, sci-fi or or yeah, all, mm. all sorts of comedies. I was like. Comedy though it's it's all it's it's all encompassing. So even if you do even if I do pick those other ones, um, but I was like I'm going to I'm just going to choose everything but Evil Dead Two, and this is where my second pick came from, uh, which is Brain Dead, also known <laughs> as Dead Alive, which released in 1992 by director Peter Jackson, and the story follows uh, a young man's uh, a young man's mother is bitten by a Sumatran rat monkey, she gets sick and dies. At which time she comes back to life, killing and eating dogs, nurses, friends, and neighbors. It's fucking disgusting. It's absolutely revolting <laughs> and hilarious at the same time. I've I've written down a couple of my uh, favorite scenes. Uh, one of them I I love love the entire sequence. I kick ass for the Lord, where he then proceeds to do Bruce Lee martial arts and kicks the crap out of these zombies that have just risen up in the graveyard. Unbelievable. You have to see it to believe it. 
This is the guy that made the Lord of the Rings movies. You, you, you just will <laughs> never believe it. You'll never believe it's the same guy. The Rings movies. You, you, you just will never believe it. You'll never believe it's the same guy. When you were so like, whoa, yeah. Who's From this Bad guy Taste. You, you, meet the Feebles. The Frighteners, Bad Taste. Like, <laughs> you like, what? He's directing what? <laughs> Greenlit this. Oh god, I gotta know. Yeah, I'd I'd love to have seen that conversation. Right. Yeah, I got a guy. <laughs> no, another favorite scene. Is he the only person? <laughs> what? No pudding. Oh, she never makes the stuff. And then, of course, uh, Velma proceeds to uh, press into her open oh, wound, and it spits that, that fucking gunk into his custard as he's eating it. There's something about, as well, that, you know, obviously the, the New Zealand accent and yes. the, the mannerisms as well. It, it completely just adds to the charm and the yeah. weirdness of it yeah. all. Right? There's another favourite scene is um, when Velma's just eating, eating the dog uh, and, and, she, and, and she turns to him and goes, Lionel, your mother ate my dog! And he's pulling out the tail and he just turns to her and goes, not all of it. He's oh, like, God. What? And then, of course, the lawnmower party scene. Hey, one of the most underrated weapons in zombie killing history. Yes. I mean, I don't I don't think that the lawnmower would work in zombie quite as long as that. I mean... Fucking worked in that movie. It, it really worked. <laughs> work quite as long as that. I mean... Fucking worked in that movie. It, it really <laughs> Then again, all of the zombies were literally just putting their limbs right into the blades. They were, they, they yes. Just just asking but for it. endlessly but then that other guy the biker guy's intestines comes out and it's got a life of its own you've got the baby thing that's running around as well because oh God, the zombies the have a baby like the the priest and the nurse get it on halfway through the film and zombies it is unpredictable it is wild it, it, it is a labor of love you know right after bad taste like peter jackson shot over weekends while he worked like nine to five during the week, you know. It's fucking Just, dreadful. Everyone should watch it. Absolutely, it <laughs> is, and, and it it is. It, again, you'll know from the get go whether you're gonna enjoy this film from the Zingaya. You got the bite, you know, and, and this 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 guy getting his limbs cut off uh, before it's revealed he's been bitten on the head as well. It's it's just mad it is absolutely mad but it has such a frenetic fast energy about it as well mm. so even if some of the jokes make you go well it didn't quite land um the the next one will and it is so unpredictable the first time watching it you you really don't know what you're in store for and on every subsequent viewing it gets funnier and funnier it really does he made lord of the rings and then he made the lord of the rings trilogy <laughs> Uh, I, I forgot as well, actually, at the beginning of Brain Dead, the, where he gets the monkey, uh, it's in Skull Island. Yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> foreshadowing, of course. That's a good point, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. I wonder if that monkey was had a cameo somewhere. All in, in, full, so in I have to rewatch it now. I'm, yeah, yeah I'm going to be looking uh, for that monkey. <laughs> okay, man, that gross thing. So that was my number two. Nice. That's a good pick, though. Uh, my number two is a movie that I watch every single year with a friend of mine. Uh, we always watch it at Christmas. It is... A Christmas movie for us, anyway. Um, and uh, it's Trading Places. Wow. Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy in the classic... I'm, I'm glad one of us has got a Dan Aykroyd film oh, on our list. come on, dude. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, you know, classic, um, you know, crisscross movie where you've got, if you don't know, and again, what the fuck, um, but where we've got a... Uh, Dan Aykroyd plays this successful stockbroker in Philadelphia, um, and Eddie Murphy is just a hustler living on the streets for the most part. And um, the owners of the company that Dan Aykroyd works for decide that they are going to uh, 
put him into um, his place, trade, if you will, and bring Eddie Murphy's character into work for them after a, uh, well, not even a botched robbery, a nothing robbery, but basically Eddie Murphy gets arrested. It is, again, uh, one of my absolute favourite movies as a kid. It's one of the first movies that I watched, like, say, with my parents when I was clearly not age-appropriate because there's bad language and some yeah. titties in it. Um, so it's absolutely got that special place in my heart. But me, as I said, there's a friend of mine that every year we have to have a night where we watch it together because it's both of ours, like, you know, one of our favourite um, comedy movies of all time. Eddie Murphy is on absolute point in this. This yeah. fourth wall breaks in this movie in a time where it wasn't Dan Aykroyd, um, the... The performance that he gives as the, you know, stuffed shirt, you know, uh, you know, uh, top shelf, you know, sort of like, you know, educated guy in his downgrade into, you know, poverty backed up by, if you want to give an Oscar out to Jamie Lee Curtis for like best supporting actress, it should have been for this movie. Yeah, right. (laughs) Because she's phenomenal playing a prostitute who takes him in and helps him get back to his feet. And obviously it all comes back full full, um, circle where they try then to come together. Another one where there are certain scenes in this movie that you just couldn't get away with today. There's a uh, blackface scene on the train yeah. that Dan Aykroyd <laughs> does, which stands out to us. One of the funniest <laughs> fucking things I've ever seen in my life. Um, it's absolutely brilliant. I still, after 30 years of watching it, watch what they do at the end and still don't quite understand the stock market. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it's it's absolutely going to live in infamy as one of my my favorite funniest movies of all time. Yeah. Um yeah, and and again it's not like a um it's not like a joke after joke movie. It's it's mostly the performances and the scenarios that are so funny. The two the dukes um you know are the the you know the older guys who get to do this and I fucking lost their names for God's sake. But um, <laughs> uh their performances and the way they interact with each other are really funny, you know. Um, there's phenomenal com- interact with each other are really funny, you know. Um, there's phenomenal commentary on like racism, <laughs> you know, when they're like, you go into this like, you know, um, you know, men's club in Philadelphia that's part of this county firm, and th- the last time we watched it, I paused it, rewound it, I said, what are you doing? I was like, okay, I will give you, a, I will give you money from my wallet if in this scenario scene you can tell me, show me like one white servant. And one black member, because it don't fucking exist. It's like all white old men being served by black men. I was like, this is fucked up. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, so there's a, there is there's a lot of commentary about sort of like you know race, class, yeah. you know the the you know the perception of like you know um, being homeless and everything like that. It is it is a fucking gem that I will watch every single year of my life at Christmas nice. without fail. It's Absolutely. been a while now since I've seen Trading Places, but now you've got me thinking of Dan Aykroyd films on my hour. It's been Absolutely. a while now since I've seen Trading Places, but now you've got me thinking of Dan Aykroyd films on my hour. I want to rewatch The Great Outdoors. There's, I want to um, rewatch Dragnet. I don't, I don't want to because the joke. There are still some incredible jokes in this. Stuff yeah, right now. yeah. Eddie Murphy. The first time you meet him, he's playing um, a, um, a homeless vet with no legs, no legs yeah. and he's like, blind as well. So he's doing his best, like Stevie Wonder, pushing himself along the floor, trying to beg for money, and you know he like grabs this woman's dress, like which again, like you know, you'd probably get me tooed for and stuff like that. Like, we can make it, baby. I know what you're thinking. You ever seen Porky in bed? Just, fucking, just absolutely. <laughs> Oh yeah, great picks, great I picks. Love that movie. Alrighty, so we're on to our number, number one, ones. Sir. So I'm just gonna recap down. My number five was Super. Number four, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Number three, Airplane. Number two, Brain Dead. My number one, 
favourite comedy of all time is Monty Python and the Holy Grail from 1975 from director Terry Gilliam and Terry Jones. And the story follows King Arthur and his Knights of the Round Table as they embark (laughs) on a surreal, low-budget search for the Holy Grail, encountering many very silly obstacles. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Best scenes for me? All of it. Every gag, every line, every edit, every musical note. Uh, Real highlights, though, the Camelot song. The Knights of the Round Table. It's a very silly place. We dance whenever we're able. Lancelot charging at the castle, you know, where uh, he's coming in to rescue who he thinks is a damsel in distress. And it's the scene where it's he's in the distance, he's just running. And it cuts back to the two guards and they're looking at each other. They're looking back at him and he's still in the same position. It cuts back to the guards and it cuts back to him. It's, yeah, and the repetition. And then the next shot, he's there and he stabs them both and he runs in. And the guard goes, hey, just... <laughs> The Black Knight, you know, just like, just come back, I'll bite your legs off. I was saying to you earlier, we, we literally it's watched a- this two days ago, and I got the kids to sit down and watch it. She's first 12. time watching. First time watching it. She was she was struggling with it at first, because kids, you know, the first opening gag, you have to read the whole opening credits, don't you? So yeah. instantly she's like, oh, I've got to read, oh my God. As soon as she gets to The Black Knight, that's it. She's like, oh, I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> it's because it, it, it has such different, varied jokes like whether it's a visual such different varied jokes like whether it's a visual it joke a background joke place. a word joke yeah. a pun a play on thing you know i i i love the sequence where there are, you know um where he's he's got the sled of dead bodies and he throws his dad on and he's like oh, we'll be dead in a minute yeah. <laughs> yeah we dead in a minute you I'm do something not. I feel fine. I think I'll go for a walk. John Cleese just looks around and whacks him over the head. The, the, the bit his body on. Palin plays the guy who starts going into all the politics. Where he's like, yeah. I'm your king. Well, I didn't vote for you. <laughs> right? Well, you don't vote for kings. Yeah. <laughs> it's because some watery bent through a scimitar at you. <laughs> right? Fucking brilliant. The use of animation as well, which is... Yes, Terry Gilliam. Terry Gilliam. Yeah. Animation yeah. is the fucking brilliant. Yeah. How'd you make a rabbit that dangerous? <laughs> you know, fucking... Look at the bones! <laughs> oh my god, that's phenomenal. I remember oh. watching that um, when I was a kid and I th- obviously saw it. I think it came up on like, it was like a Channel 4 thing where they were profiling Monty Python. Like, you know, it was probably like X amount of years after it was like released. Sure, sure. Um, like Monty Python, like, you know, it was probably like X amount of years after it was like released. Sure, sure. Um, oh my god, it was. Um, it's fucking phenomenal, and it is still. I think a lot of people sort of like tend to go to like um, uh, Life of Brian. I think is like their best movie. I, I know, and I, I know that there's also like that. That's got the boost of the controversy that follows it. Does it. it really does? But I do think Monty Python is the funniest one out of the Holy Grail. Yeah, yeah, I think I think uh, so. Holy yeah. Grail is the funniest Monty yeah, Python. I, yeah, like all of the cast. I mean, they, they there were tensions on the set. Like, there's many a commentary or hmm. behind the scenes interviews yeah. where. Like, the two Terrys were falling out because one Terry, you know, Gilliam was perfectionist in every shot. And Terry Jones was like, stand there, do the line, done, wrapped, let's go. And, you know, Gilliam would be like, again, 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 Hmm. you know. And so there was tensions, there was fallings out. They were under budget. They were in freezing conditions. And so it's really a miracle they got that film made as well. And yeah, of course, Monty Python and the Flying Circus, all of their skit shows. It looks gorilla as fuck as well. It, 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 it really it, you know is. I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, like they, they originally they wanted horses. It was like can't afford horses, can't afford training. What do we do? 
coconuts. Yeah. You know, it's like like having Let's a turn it into a joke. Forcing them You're to be on a budget. Coconuts. It forced them to be imaginative and, and create even more jokes. Mm. You know, brave Sir Robin, uh, the knights who oh, say me, the bridge keeper who asks them their questions. What is your favorite color? <laughs> what is the uh, airspeed velocity of an swallow? Right. It's like, what? I don't the know that. When Cleese is playing the sorcerer, and he's like, there's some who call me Tim. Tim. <laughs> it's, like, it's so fucking quotable, man. Uh, right brilliant. up to the end where they're storming yeah. the castle to get the grail and the police turn up. Because of the guy they killed the earlier. Historian. Yeah. John! <laughs> it's like, it's, That's a good point in chat. It's literally, it ends as they ran out of money, doesn't yes, it? It's it, like, it, just, it literally yeah. cuts to black like Sopranos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Next time you watch the end of Sopranos, like it, it does, literally yeah. cuts to black like Sopranos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next time you watch the end of Sopranos, like fucking Monty Python did it first. The first time I ever watched this film, it was on a, a like a bootleg VHS. So I was just like, "What happened at so, the end? Did they not? Yeah, did they like, not did record they not, the end? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> did they not record the end? So obviously, when I finally got uh, got it on VHS, I got it for Christmas one time uh, on VHS, and I got to the end, I was like. Oh. Ah, it does end that way. Do you ever? Do you remember the first time you played like Worms Armageddon and you had the Holy Hand Grenade as weapon? Right, the Holy well, Hand Grenade of Antioch. Antioch. <laughs> you must count to three. Four is out. Five is right out. You do proceed to three, which proceeds to. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> it's uh, amazing. Farcical. It's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Mind Pie from the Holy Grail. I. So I well cry dude. laughing every time without fail. So it never, never disappoints. Yeah, like I said, I watched it two days ago and it still holds up. Awesome. <laughs> so That's like, amazing. You know, um, so, my, yeah, I'll, I'll recap. Yep. So my number five was Super Troopers. <clears throat> number four, Naked Gun. Number three was Anchorman. Number two was Trading Places. So my number one is, again, a movie that I watched fairly recently. And um, uh, I, as I've said a million times in this list, it's absolutely a film where I'm like, you, could, you just couldn't make it this in this day and age and I'm a big fan of that because I think we're all a bunch of bitches now and like everything offends everyone and I'm, I'm all up for all of that makes you a little bit uncomfortable and makes you think because you know you tend to come out the end of it and realise oh, things aren't exactly that bad are they and it's fucking Tropic Thunder <laughs> I love that movie <laughs> so obviously no you couldn't get away with making it now um yeah, Robert Downey Jr. Robert retrospectively Downey Jr. got just, into trouble for it. Not even doing... That's like a whole new level of blackface. Yeah. And people miss the gag of the fact that it's like, he's technically not playing blackface. He's playing a, a New Zealander with blonde, with blonde hair and blue eyes. Who, Who is, is playing, playing blackface? blackface, right? <laughs> so it's okay. The conversation... The fact that... I mean, I'm, I'm not saying this to offend people. I'm doing it for the part of the movie. The fact you can't even use the word, thank you, chat. You never go full retard. Right. You know, that conversation that he has with Ben Stiller, who, again, puts in one of the most politically yeah. incorrect performances, <laughs> right. which I will fucking give to him as well. He refused to apologise for recently. Yeah. You know, he was told to apologise for it and was like, absolutely not, you know? Yeah. Um, it follows, um, you know, to get ahead, I'm, I'm following, the, the, the whole movie is a, a film within a film. So it follows this um, haphazard uh, war movie that's being made. Um, you've got Nick Nolte <laughs> playing this uh, apparent guy who survived, you know, this horrific shit during Vietnam, and is they're making the film of his life, and it's a complete shit show. And I ain't even got, I ain't even got to the best bit yet. Um, it's a complete shit show. Steve Coogan's playing the director, and he decides I'm going to put him in the shit. I'm actually going to drop him off in the jungle and tell him that I'm filming him with cameras everywhere, and they'll never see me. 
And he ends up dying. They don't know it. They think it's all part of the movie. And they end up trekking through this horrific jungle. Um, getting really shot at with their fake guns and stuff. <laughs> right. What, a, the absolute <laughs> biggest um, surprise in this movie that caught everyone off guard is the incredible performance by Tom Cruise. Yeah. He is under so much makeup. Yep. Who he is in a fat suit, which again, got in trouble for because like he's making fun of fat people. So no, he's just fat in this. Um in trouble for because like he's making fun of fat people. So no, he's just fat in this. Um and he plays this horrific uh movie executive um who I think in retrospect might have been a little bit maybe, you know, based on mm, sorry, Weinstein, Miramax. you know. <laughs> um doing doing just playing the most horrific human being who's ever lived, you know, no, no sort of like, you know, regard for, for human yeah. life at all. Just wants to make money and get this done. Um, I can't recommend it enough because, uh, the, again, the, the jokes in it themselves, the physical jokes are brilliant. It's inc- it's actually really well shot as well. I think. Yeah. I'd give you um, that. Yeah. Yeah. But the, oh, there's a point in it, you know, you know, something's funny when you've seen it before and it's coming up. And you start saying it out loud, and you're laughing before they've even got there. <laughs> and it's like there's there's a point in it for me where um, uh, because the whole point with Robert Downey Jr.'s character is he refuses to break, um, refuses to break character. Yeah. So he's talking like this, you know, all the way through it. Even when they're not recording. Even when they're not recording, yeah. <laughs> the actual one of the actual you know members of the cast who is African American is like, why are you still talking like that? I don't, I don't, I don't break character until I do DVD commentary. <laughs> Classic. There's a point where he's trying to get the map off of Ben Stiller's character, and he won't give him the map, and he, so he decides he's going to like engage him, and he's like, you know, Ben Stiller's in phenomenal shape in this movie. Yes. As well, yeah, he's he? ripped. Yeah, <laughs> and he's kind of like you know. He's sort of like, man, look at you. You just look like Rambo. Not like Rambo 1, but Rambo 2 when he was all ripped. And he's like, oh, thanks. It's pretty nice. He's like, you got any tips? I'm trying to come up. He's pretending like he's listening to me. He's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Give me the fucking map. <laughs> he just snaps it off him. I'm, I'm saying that out loud as I'm watching it in absolute default. Yeah. So fucking hell, this is one of the best jokes I've ever heard in my life. Absolutely brilliant. Um, I mean, it did, it did fairly well and everything, but it was just such a break from so many people. More Obviously, Tom Cruise. Who yeah. who hits one of the greatest dance scenes as well? By the way, isn't I've ever that seen like is it life. credits or p- during the credits it's scene? During he's the doing credits, the dance, he's yeah. dancing, yeah. Um, and and uh, it keeps you sat there. McConaughey's in it. Matthew yes. McConaughey is an amazing yeah. turn. Uh, Bill Hader, who's yep. his assistant, who is phenomenal in it. Yeah. Danny McBride pops up who, as a um, uh, like the explosions guy. <laughs> Pyrotechnics just, dude. Just yeah. pops up who, as a um, uh, like the explosions guy. <laughs> Pyrotechnics just, dude. Just yeah. banging out one-liners like he does, you know, <laughs> just to ev- every little thing that he says is a little bit of genius, you know, if you if you enjoy that kind of thing. So, and again, the most important thing is like you just you just you couldn't even get it made now. Even if you no. could make an argument and say that there's enough people out there that would take it for what it is, no one would take the risk. And I, and I think it's important to keep these movies around. Yes, don't, absolutely. Don't, yeah. don't let them bury these movies, yeah. you know, because they, they deserve so much more attention for actually like having some fucking balls. <laughs> and they're challenging. And if you're you know, mature enough, you, you, know what, you, know, you know what the line is. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you know what they're trying to say all the way through it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Jack Black, I didn't mention who's in it. Oh, who God, does? Yeah, a, who does a great yeah. turn as sort of like playing like an overinflated version of himself, really. P- pretty much, but yeah. A heroin addicted <laughs> version of himself. Yeah. You know? um, yeah, it's it's um, it's it's never ending. The whole movie to me was just sort of like it was just moment after moment of just of actual comic genius to me. 
just all wrapped up in this film where I'm just sort of like, this is this is rarefied air. We're not going to get yeah. this again. I can't ever see a movie like it being made again. It, you putting it as your number one <coughs> comedy, it makes me want. I need to watch it again. Yeah, I need, you put it again. I've seen it twice. I need to watch it a third time now. Simple Jack. <laughs> oh my god! When uh, when Robert Down Jr. is doing the um, the the eight, is it where he's speaking? I think he's speaking. I don't know if it's Korean, so I'm going to get myself in trouble. I don't know what. He's speaking a foreign language. Still in the accent. <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> I'm a lead farmer, like a... motherfucker. Like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Love I mean, it. some great comedians and great, just great actors as well that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Huge cast. Yeah, yeah and a huge, huge cast. cast. Great, I mean, great spectacle as well. So you, you kind of get your war movie and your comedy too. Yeah, you still do get it. <laughs> um, the, there's a, the bit with the panda breaks me um, <laughs> when he sort of like Ben Stiller ends up with like a kind of pseudo adopted kid who then he's sort of like running the kid's fucking stabbing on the back and he just fucking hurls him <laughs> off the bridge <laughs> fucking brilliant I absolutely love it it's, yeah I'll, ne- I'll never not watch that movie. yeah Awesome. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed listening to our top picks for our favorite comedies of all time. We're going to take a quick to our comeback. We will be answering your questions. Don't go anywhere. And welcome back to the third part of the podcast where we will be answering your questions. And welcome back to the third part of the podcast where we will be answering your questions. Yeah. First question is from David Allen Evans. What up, David? Hey, fellas. Usually I hit you up with a downer question, but for once, I'm going to be jovial. <laughs> question is, do you think there's such a thing as an unwatchable John Carpenter film? Because I think no. I recently rewatched Escape from LA, and while it was many things has many things wrong with it, I had a lot of fun with it. Even Ghost of Mars has, at the very least, a great soundtrack and Jason Statham being the Stath. Later's. Let's not make the Stath a thing. <laughs> no, I mean, I literally Un- unwatchable is a fucking is a harsh. Uh, that's the that's the worst. That, you know, yeah, yeah, that's so. There isn't yeah. a single. Unwatchable. Uh, that's the that's the Word. worst. That, you know, yeah, yeah, that's so. There isn't yeah. a single unwatchable John Carpenter film. There no. is, you know, that man is so damn talented. Even when he makes a stinker, where it all doesn't quite gel the way a Carpenter movie has done, mm. uh, it's still very very watchable because he is from his music, from his uh, his, his cinematographer uh, to his edits to his stories to his characters. There's something interesting there. There's something. Always rewatchable with his movies. Uh, that being said, I still haven't seen his Elvis TV movie or The Ward, which no, I haven't was seen by, haven't seen his Elvis TV movie or The Ward, which no, was by and large his last movie. Um, so it's interesting that, like, reading the question, I'm sort of like the first thing that popped in my head was Escape from LA. <laughs> Escape <laughs> from LA. It's usually the but one everyone again, hates the I'm most. Like, yeah. For every surfing scene, there's a kick-ass, like you know. I think we're going to do, like, what's it, Saudi rules? Yeah. Shoots everyone up. <laughs> that and then, basketball um, scene. The basketball scene is okay. Yeah. I ain't got a pro- <laughs> fucking no business being in that movie. No. <laughs> uh, but it's cool. And, of course, you know, you do have Bruce Campbell rocking yes, up in it. Yes, yeah. So, he's, I, I, unfortunately, underused. 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 The Ghost of Mars, 
I did like it at the time, actually. Like, I, it's one of those on rewatches where I was like, "Yeah, this is kind of bad." But I actually really liked Ghost of Mars when it first came out. There's like it had a bit of a like, almost had a bit of a like, you know, Doom slash 40k vibe to it, the whole cultist thing. So yeah, yeah, I was okay with it. Plus, obviously, you had is it Natasha Natasha, Natasha Hendricks yeah. coming off a of species, so yeah, I was yeah. still kind of like, I will watch shit with her in, <laughs> yeah, for reasons, you know. Um, Chat saying uh, Dark Star, like OG. Carpenter, you know, this is like mm. film school Carpenter, you know, but yeah, it's it's really rough around the edges. The thing is, it's still watchable because, like, you, you look at what budget they had and how imaginative they were with that no budget uh, to still get that you made put a together. Career out of saving films with a soundtrack. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, but you like this. Go and see what he did with nothing, you know, mm. and uh, so even even not, even has merits with being rewatchable <clears throat> uh, in some capacity. But yeah. I would never, ever put Carpenter anywhere near an unwatchable category yeah, in, in any sense. Not at all. No. Thank you for the question, though, David. Good question. Next question is from Havard Ryan. Hey, Havard. Favourite John Candy movie and why? Thanks for the content, guys. Hmm. Um, Favourite John Candy movie. Uh, I talked about it earlier. Uh, you guys know it now. It's planes, trains, and automobiles. John Candy in that film is incredible. Like, the scene where Steve Martin, Neil Page breaks him down and and talks about all of the horrible things that he's done to him or whether he's yammering on or whether he's playing with his elastic strap you know and yeah yammering yeah you know and 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 and, and John Candy just looks to him and says you know I like me my, my <laughs> friends like me my wife likes me it's like god damn it John Candy man just kills it his performance his subtlety his innocence just a beautiful beautiful performance um and the scene at the end where he sat there looking at the portrait uh, of his deceased wife and, you know, and the music's playing that john hughes soundtrack kicks in and neil page comes back to to pick him up and their face his face where he's like you know he thought he had a friend and he's like i really screwed this up but no their friendship come together so well in that that Ah, man. <laughs> I get so broken up because uh, one of my favourite comedians of all time, John Candy. And even though I don't like, you know, Un Uncle Buck is fine and his part in Home Alone is great. And, you know, and some of the, like, uh, the... I'm trying to I think. like Uncle Buck. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I do enjoy Uncle Buck. The, um, is it Cool Runnings? <clears throat> you know, there's, there's yeah. so so many great, great, great movies. But we were we were deprived of the many movies he would have done since. Oh, God, so, no doubt. Yeah, taken uh, away yeah. too soon. I'm gonna say I'm gonna personally say great outdoors. Nice, nice. Muggy full fucking big bear chase me. Um, that, that's that's one of my favorite the scenes. Never great Dan Aykroyd. Him and Dan Aykroyd yeah. in that movie is two of the. I'm you know I'm like oh, are they should've... brothers in that? Brother-in-law. Brother-in-law. Brother yeah. yeah. Brother-in-law. Yeah. Um. Obviously, I'm like you know what I'm like I think we were robbed of maybe like a great buddy. Yeah. Top movie between. And I think two John Candy was originally going to be in Ghostbusters as Lewis uh, Tully. Of so, course, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I've, from the Great Outdoors, I've immediately jumped to the steak scene where he's just like, you can eat the whole thing, and just the montage man. of just slowly nothing left on that. So fat and gristle. And he's like, mm -hmm. <laughs> the montage of just slowly nothing left on that. So fat and gristle. And he's like, mm -hmm. <laughs> he's like, bear down. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I love that. I love that movie, and it's like I, I like the whole family dynamic of them coming together. And obviously, you got the, again the, the class divide, or what you think is a class divide. You know, with a big successful Dan Aykroyd, the wealthy family, and the, you know, yeah. fucking useless. You know, and his, yeah. <laughs> his wife's riding the fucking um, washing machine for kicks. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I love that. That's another one that I will probably always watch around Christmas time as well. Nice. Hol- holiday movie for me as yeah. well. Love it. Great. Thank you for Great the question, question Howard. Dude. Great question. Next question is from Nick Luizzi. One of these days, you idiots are going to laugh Stop yourselves next. to death. <laughs> Judge Doom. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Uh, in the spirit of comedies, has there ever been a scene in a film that made you laugh so hard you damn near couldn't breathe and brought tears to your eyes? The scene in Neighbours 2, Sorority Rising with the clown and the air horn, did that for me, as Chai Luca can certainly attest. Cheers, Brohams, and a happy belated St. Paddy's. Nice. Cheers, Nick. Um... Well, we kind of just talked about a few of them, I suppose. Yeah, like, like that, that bit in Tropic Thunder always popped me. Yeah, um, uh, airplane, like it's it, it, airplane and um, uh, and Monty Python and the Holy Grail. It it, it will surprise me because I know all the jokes for the most part. I know they're coming, but yeah, occasionally but you set yourself so often, up for it. exactly, you set yourself up, you're like you know it's coming. But occasionally, sometimes the pay, you know, the the delivery will just surprise you again, mm. and you just start laughing. Sometimes the pay, you know, the the delivery will just surprise you again, mm. and you just start laughing uncontrollably. Uncontrollably. You know, it's a really random one, but it does always make me laugh. You ever seen um, Throw Mama from the Train? Yes, with yeah, Billy yeah. Crystal and Danny DeVito. Yeah, where he's like, he, his mother comes down in the middle of the night, and they're literally discussing everything, and he says to him like, you know. Um, his mum's like, who's this? He's like, it's Cousin Lou or something. He's like, you don't have a Cousin Lou. And without, he just looks at me. He's like, you lied to me. And he hits him in the face with a frying pan. <laughs> I'm gone. That's it. That, that, that makes me like physical you, comedy like that. I just, mean, like, like Bottom, for example, yes, is something yeah. that like always, the physical comedy in that. It just reminded me of a film that would have been on my honorable mentions. Uh, this is the end with Seth Rogen. And... Um, all, you know, all of his like yeah oh yeah where they play themselves and everything play, yeah, play yeah, themselves during the yeah. apocalypse yeah because oh. th- that's another one of those films that had me dude, bawling with cr- laughter dude, cr- uh, for a bit that's like laugh out loud and again totally know what's coming but when Craig Robinson breaks the fourth wall in Hot Tub Time Machine to right. say Hot Tub Time Machine <laughs> <laughs> that makes me laugh every single time yeah. <laughs> cheers for the question Nick mm. Next question is from Natalie Holbert. What's up, Natalie? Hey, guys. Hope you're all well. Since you're doing a comedy special, my question is, what is the funniest or most embarrassing funny thing that has happened to each of you? Mine is from years ago on a packed school bus. We were crammed in, and the bus gave a sudden lurch. I fell backwards on my arse, legs in the air, flashing my knickers to everyone. (laughs) But it gets worse. In my mad scrabble to get myself up, I grabbed the nearest bus handrail, except it wasn't a handrail. It was the crotch of a male school friend. Long story short, showed my knickers to a busload of people and used the erect private parts <laughs> of a friend to haul myself up. Cringe level unlocked 100. My Damn, most embarrassing Mally. moment is it, it was my dick she grabbed. What? Uh, no. <laughs> What are oh you doing god. on the school I'm bus? I'm thankful to say I got nothing like nearly close to that. <laughs> like, you know, oh my yeah, god! Yeah, especially in such a public fashion. Yeah, Jesus, I just feel bad for you, Natalie, on that one. <laughs> right. like, fair play. I hope you've recovered. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, I'm glad you can clearly laugh about it. You know? Right, and of course, uh, tell the whole world yeah. via the, this podcast. Um, Do you know, honestly, I can't. I, I'm not. I'm not pissed about because I don't want to tell a story. I just can't think of anything that horrific. Clearly, because <laughs> I've got no. 
I've almost got no fucks to give about embarrassing myself True. clearly. So yeah. I'm trying to think what is that bad. Like, listen, I've I've been a I've made a twat of myself multiple times when I've been hammered. You know, yeah. don't get me it's wrong. Same. I've had accidents, I've fallen downstairs. Um <laughs> I'll maybe answer for like one of Ian's is probably falling shower in the first house <laughs> oh, I bought God. and just fucking totaling it. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'll I'll never I forget think it was Christmas Day. <laughs> I got one for Ian, I did Ian's story. Uh, I may have shared this one before, uh, but this goes back way, way, way back, uh, where I was uh, living with a girlfriend, and um, Ian literally knocked on the door, like nine, half past nine in the evening. <laughs> He's just like, "You're right." I'm like, yeah, yeah, Ian, what do you want? He's like, "I need to use your bathroom." Like, All right, okay. I was like, "Weird to see you here at this time." <laughs> Goes into the bathroom, <laughs> vomits for about ten minutes. And I knock on, like, "You're right." He comes out, and he's like, "Yeah." Going home now. <laughs> oh, okay. You're my hero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just popped into my head. Sorry, I'm trying to think of an embarrassing, but it's not like I mean, it's not it's not really an embarrassing story. It's just. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't. I, honestly, yeah, I'm drawing a blank on stuff. Like I'm feeling on the spot. Yeah. The funniest thing that's happened to us like that. I've I'm been really... kicked in the crotch in public a couple of times Eesh. and gone down. <laughs> but that was also like martial arts tour. You're allowed to go down on that. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're allowed to hit the deck on that one for sure. I've got nothing that will top our school bus story. It's and I, I, actually, it was a follow on story is that I got kicked in the crotch twice in two different tournaments, um, which, first time it ever happened to me, I got uh, disqualified uh, because I couldn't get back into the fight and none of the judges caught the kick. So I was the one that got disqualified. Um, it happened the second year, and then after that, I got a box protector. Um, so that, and then after I got the box protector, I never got kicked in the crotch again. However, um, there's something else you have to do called a kata uh, in, in in martial arts in karate, which is like a, it's not a fight. That's kumite, but a kata is where you do like a series of, of scripted moves. That's how um, Daniel won the tournament at the end of the third one. Right, and um, uh, halfway through my kata, my box had come loose. The straps had all come loose, and it had fallen and rolled down my leg so that when I did one of the kicks I kicked my crotch protector into the air and of course it landed while I was still doing my kata and there's just murmurs of laughter I'm just oh, like, that's brutal <laughs> I, yeah but yeah I guess like I don't want to go into any other I tell you, I'll give you one actually that you just reminded me of was uh, when I had my um, I did a charity boxing match which I think I've talked about on the podcast and I was like became a whole thing because we were just about to go into it before lockdown happened and then we had to wait for like a year and then it got cancelled. It's a fucking nightmare. But anyway, I was going to do it, so I did it. So we're there on the evening. <laughs> and um, a friend, so a friend of mine who was fighting in the opening fight comes to me and my opponent, funnily enough, again, this is cherry boxing, so it's all kind of friendly. So me and my opponent... And he goes, he decided he's going to, his ring walk is going to be to the song, The Candyman. <laughs> and we're like, okay. So then he hands us a bag of sweets. Now this is, and you're talking like, uh, like love hearts and stuff. Right. Okay. So like the little, fucking, now this is, this is important <laughs> to the story, Gary. Bricks. Hands us this bag. And I was like, what do you want? He's like, I want you guys to come out with me and throw sweets into the crowd. And me and, my partner was like, this is the dumbest fucking like whatever, dude. <laughs> fine. So we come out and so we're gingerly like, because mm -hmm. bear in mind you come out and you know it's it's a boxing event, so people's all suited and booted. They're at tables around ringside and stuff. It's all very nice. So we're like throwing these sweets out 
and um, I just I just turn as I'm on the walkway. I turn, and um, I just I just turn as I'm on the walkway. I turn, and underarm. It's not like I was like wow, <laughs> but I underarm through a pack of these love hearts. <laughs> oh, it's like slow motion. And they just hit this old woman in the face. <laughs> oh, no, no. Like, right in the fucking face. And she was the grandmother of one of the guys who was boxing. And I was just, it's like as soon as it left my hand, I was like, oh, no. Like, just, I just know just where that is going. And she was not looking. So she's like mid-drink. And these pack of love arts just drill her in the fucking face. And I instantly dropped all the sweets, got down off the thing, went immediately apologized. was like, darn, I am oh, so no. sorry. My friend's a fucking idiot. Like, you know. Bought her a drink, gave her a kiss, and like just slunk off into the back. <laughs> I was just sort of like, and then I went as soon as I got out the back because like everyone had sort of met each other. The lad was like, I was like, Harrison, I just hit your nan in the face with some love arts. He was like, Say that again. <laughs> I was like, no, that's that's exactly what happened, mate. I'm really sorry. Oh, you drink when I'm done. Oh, <laughs> Nella in the chat's mentioning the drip story, which is the the kitchen story. Uh huh. It's been. Re- been told on the podcast before, so I'm not going to bring that one back up. <laughs> <laughs> Just for reminding me of that one, though, Nella. <laughs> Alrighty, cheers for the question, Natalie. Yeah, and, thanks uh, for fucking opening old wounds. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Next question is from Josh Delamont, who has a string of questions, so we'll answer them as a best string. as we can. <laughs> Do the questions have to be comedy-themed? If so, Okay. What's the funniest comedian and who's the worst comedian? Best comedy film of all time, worst comedy film of all time, best comedy show of all time, worst comedy show of all time. Okay. So six questions there. All right. <laughs> um, okay. Best comedian of all, right. all time. That's really difficult because I'm a, I'm a big fan of stand-up comedy. So it's sure. hard. Time. That's really difficult because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of stand-up comedy. So it's sure. hard for me to pick the funniest. I mean, I'm going to say that Dave Chappelle is probably the greatest of all time. Um, I'm a huge fan of old Richard Pryor stuff, <clears> old <throat> Eddie Murphy stuff. Who? Bill Hicks is one of my favourites as well, and George Carlin. Help, help me out here, guys, because I suck with stand-up comedians. The only film I remember him being in was There's Something About Mary. Um, what, he's a stand-up comedian? He's in... a stand-up comedian, but he has a part in that film. Um, oh god, I'm trying he's, to remember he's, he's, the He's the time. one who gets... Lee Evans, thank you, Lee Evans. Oh, right, okay. He's the yeah, one who yeah. sweats profusely yeah, yeah. while if he's doing his that, routine. If you said that, I'd have got it straight yes, away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly, he's the one comedian who... He's like he only did a couple of shows, but I've watched the one like the I, I, he's like he only did a couple of shows, but I've watched the one like the I, I, the one show that he did um, uh, that uh, it's like an hour and a half routine it floors me every time. Even though I know the jokes and the routines, he is so so charismatic. He's got such a expressive face and and his voice. He's got the Jim he's got Harry big thing ears, going on. you know. Uh, but yeah, like uh, Lee Evans, my favorite, best comedian. I do, I do love the current guys as well. Like I mentioned, Burt Kreisner, Tom Segura, um, you know those guys as well that are, that are going around the circuit at the minute. Um, are pretty fun. Rogan's good as well. A lot of people don't give Rogan the credit that he fucking should get to. Yeah. Um, worst, I am guys. I'm gonna say my kid loves him, and I can't stand the fucking prick, uh, Jack Whitehall. I can't stand that. Yeah, I don't know dude. him. I don't know uh, him. And. Um, Oh, someone just brought up Joey Diaz. Good fucking Paul. Joey Diaz may be the funniest motherfucker walking the face of the planet. <laughs> you just got to watch him. He is mental. Ricky Gervais. Ricky me, Gervais I... is great. So... Pa- patron saint of atheists. Yes. Yeah, we love him. <laughs> 
Worst comedian as well. That oh, is it. Russell Kane. He's a British comedian. God, he's fucking dreadful. That's Russell Brand for me. If he, if he, I want to see Russell Brand. Actually. He was quite funny. I, yeah, he's a smart guy. Um, I wouldn't say worse, but yeah, like I don't know. He's definitely in a quiet taste. For sure. I mean, the yeah. thing is, like, because I've been worse, but yeah, like I don't know. He's definitely in a quiet taste. For sure. I mean, the yeah. thing is, like, because I've been exposed to him more than most of the others. But um, Stuart Lee's a great pull in the chat. Yeah, I, I don't know oh, most of these. Stuart Lee's fantastic. I was rewatching Fist of Fun the other day, actually. But, um, uh, best comedy film, I guess. Kind of we've just done just, that. We've done those, Worst yes. comedy film of all time. Well, you can pull Step Brothers, Anchorman. Step Brothers. <laughs> 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 right. Uh, worst comedy film of all time. I mean, you can pull. From yeah, the I mean, Sandler J- J- Jack and Jill is the worst Jack and film Jill of all time. Well, it's the worst. Yeah. yeah. I think. I mean, <laughs> um, even though I like some of Sandler's stuff, I, I, I'll probably go with that. Yeah. For comedy well, we talked show, about unwatchable earlier. Best comedy show? I mean, um, Peacemaker, probably. The most current. Like. Currently, yes. Yeah. I will always throw Only Fools and Horses in there. Yeah. It's best comedy show of all time, yeah. for the most part. Worst. Worst is hard, because if it was supposed to be a comedy show and I didn't like it, I'd yeah, turn it didn't off, watch, so I exactly, didn't watch you know, it. Yeah, yeah that's like, what I'm I thinking. Don't if there's anything that overrated, I mean. Uh, for me, I guess, like. Um, the Family Guy spin-off, or even American just Family Dad. Guy, American Dad, and yeah, I, I, again, I, I think like that anything they're, they're with, in American just Family Dad. Guy, American Dad, and yeah, I, 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 again, I, I think like that they're, with, they're in that um, they're in that position of like it's like fucking what are they on like three hundred collective episodes. You can't be that <laughs> funny for that many episodes. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I burn out. There's some great ones, you know. Comedy yeah. Holmes and Watson. I didn't get more than three or four minutes into. I've got to admit, and again, I'm a fan of those too. But that was fucking bad. <laughs> good questions, though. Yeah, good question. Thank you, Josh. Uh, next question is from Harry Stiglitz. What's up, Harry? On the subject of comedy films, what are your guys' opinions on the weird period in the 2000s of parody comedies that's now seem to have disappeared as a genre? I'm talking all the movies, scary movie, not another teen movie, disaster movie, mm. uh, and so on and so forth. Sounds um, like the revival, wasn't it, of like the spoof? It was, yeah, really? yeah, it, it really was. But the thing is, it w- it wasn't just the revival; it was the oversaturation of it. After a while, blame the wines for this. I believe the uh, wines. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you still got them as well because now, what's it? Tyler Perry is kind of doing that that whole thing, and they're fucking dreadful. Yeah, you know. Uh, I mean, I I I didn't even movies. like. There were some good movies there. I didn't even like Scary Movie when that came out. <laughs> um, I get it. <laughs> scary Movie Two was pretty fucking funny. Uh, I, I like. <laughs> what's up? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I get take, it. There's take my straw. <laughs> there's That's fucking there, funny. <laughs> there's moments. Okay, so uh, so retrospectively now, I like Scary Movie one and two. Yeah. Because everything that followed, it got worse. It got lazy. It got cheap. It got repetitive. And like at least with like like the classics like that we talked about parody wise, mm. Top Gun, Airplane, with so on and so forth. They have a through Hot line shots. story. You keep saying Top Hot Gun. Shots. Hot, yeah, shots Hot Shots is the parody. Yes, yes, Top right. Gun's not yeah, the comedy. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. You're like, that movie's so funny <laughs> yeah. when that fucking dude doesn't eject properly. Bang! <laughs> 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 like, those parody movies have a through line. They have a story. Like, beyond Scary Movie 1 and 2, those movies stopped telling stories. They just went skits. Mm. They just went, let's skit like a hundred different scenes from all the most and they, they recent tr- yeah, movies. Yeah, I was going to say, they tried to make them current, didn't they? It did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like by the time the, we got the to the superhero went back, movies... You had, like, you had like the Poltergeist you know, references and stuff like that, I suppose. But yeah, it certainly became much more 
up to date and it, it became a lot sort of like uh, celebrity centric as well yes absolutely it? yeah, yeah. Uh, i mean i think chris evans like you know um, not another team movie he was yeah in, wasn't he? yeah uh but yeah it, it was just so lazy yeah, me, so sorry. when i go back now and see scary movie i'm like at least they tried there was effort put in here like they tried to make something fun at least they tried there was effort put in here like they tried to make something funny but also tell a story and you know yeah, play up, scream primarily, uh, but yeah, like beyond that, it just got themselves by the end of it. Yeah, it, it got yeah. so dreadful that I couldn't, I couldn't watch them. You know, I they, I t- they are I think painful. I out after two, scary movie one and two, and then I tapped out. Um, so it's no surprise that it movie went away was like, as a genre. All right, because it was again, it was parodying different, different movies. You know. Um, like big one being that um, what was the American football movie? It was do, do, I was about to say Dawson's Creek because it's James Randerby, <laughs> so, but it's not that. Um, oh fuck, it's a good movie as well. Yeah, chat will come up with it. I'm sure. It's I'm important. sure. Um, yeah, it was again. It it didn't last long, but it was kind of a revival in a way. It was an attempted revival at that, but you could tell that because it was it was they were knocking a lot out. But the successful ones were literally just the like the Wines Brothers and stuff. It was clear, you know, like you mentioned, um, "Don't Be a Menace," South Central. That's sure. that's like one of their early ones, isn't it? Obviously, you know, um, you could tell that there there was a very not a lot of people had a big bite of that pie. Put it that way. There was mm-hmm. only a few that were making any real fucking money. And I think by the time they got back to like the one where it was like "Meet the Spartans" for fuck's oh, sake, God, three hundred. It was just yeah, like the what three hundred parody. I was I remember catching some of that somewhere, and I was just like, "How is this?" Eat? Like even a fucking thing yeah it, it's amazing that they got money to, to even yeah. put that out but yeah it's, I'm like, it's amazing how many people still remember these these films oh, okay well that was it for the Facebook questions let me see here we have our lovely live audience Twitch questions which we're going to get to yes. now just going to quickly refresh here I'm just getting the spinning wheel like, come on, come through. Okay, we have a question here from Rio Quinn. What's up, Dave? Zack Snyder is teasing something dark side coming. Something, something What do you think it'll side. be? I'm thinking an animated finale to his universe. That would be fucking sweet. That would be nice. Yeah. But it, he has got that new movie coming soon, though, hasn't he? He's yeah. doing a lot of Netflix stuff. Well, he's, he's got the... That weird one with fucking Idris Elba in That's right? it, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's also... I think he's also planning I mean, more... It's like Avatar. He's going to announce six sequels to that movie that's <laughs> not even finished filming yet. <laughs> he's also doing... And in 2030, I'm going to release number four. I think he's still working on another project in his Army of the Dead or the zombie... Uh, apocalypse film that he did that had a prequel movie as well. It'll be the director's cut of Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> right. It'll be nine hours long and yeah. it'll be filmed on a phone. I did see that and obviously uh, anything um, uh, Zack Snyder DC related is going through the new rebranding DC but um, I think that would be really cool. I, I think I think Great way to finish it as well because you are completely you unencumbered by yeah. what you can do. You then, because it's not like we need to do. We, yeah, we need two movies to get the fucking Steppenwolf CGI right. It's just right. make, make Darkseid do this. You yeah. monkey, draw it. Yeah, you know, and animate this, it. So get, be great. get get whoever to voice it. The and main the DC thing animated is animated movies are fucking good. They, as they well, have been absolutely, quality. absolutely. Yeah. And the main thing is as well then like James Gunn. They, they, well, they have been absolutely, quality. absolutely. Yeah. And the main thing is as well then. Like James Gunn and the, those making the DC movies going forward can 
They don't have to hear, here's the Zack Snyder universe, mm-hmm. here's a Snyder cut, like forever and ever, you know, they can just end it so they don't have to hear it anymore and carry on, I think. Yeah. Would be the best. <laughs> Cheers for the question, Dave. Good question, dude. Next question is from Mungo Mungo. What's up, dude? What game would you like to see a remaster of? My choice would be PsyOps, the Mindgate Conspiracy, <laughs> and the Punisher game. This bumps. Punisher game is underrated. As like that's a hidden gem. Yeah. Violent as all fuck as well. Um, first one that came to mind that for, for some reason is Siphon Filter. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's such a retro oh, yeah, game yeah, yeah. that uh, you know it, it, it was there bef- around you know around the time of the Metal Gear Solids. You know it uh, or just just after. I think there was three Siphon Filter games. Yeah, I remember the original first two fondly. Original PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, remember the first one fondly. Second one was good. Third one I don't, I don't remember enjoying very much. Uh, but the taser play, the difficulty was brutal. Um, I think that one, not just a rematch, I think it, a whole remake. Then again, I, I don't tend to play those types of games anymore either. But I'm going to say, I've got two. I would love to see a really, really beautifully redone version of Bioshock. I'd love to go back to Rapture yeah. in you know updated graphics. Well, we're getting System Shock soon. Uh, yeah. but that's a more that's a remake again. That's though. a remake. You know, updated graphics. Well, we're getting System Shock soon. Uh, yeah. but that's a more that's a remake again. That's though. a remake. Yeah, yeah. the original. Um, I'm going to say Bulletstorm, which was done was by the... Epic. Uh, it was the first person shooter done by Epic. Did, is that the one that had Gears the voice? Didn't they get Duke Nukem to do a? Oh, um, a, like an do you know audio what? It was linked. I think. I think that you got a demo in one of them for. I think when you bought Duke Nukem, you got a demo for Bulletstorm, or vice versa, maybe. Yeah. So it was in some way related, but it was done. I don't know whether it was whether it was epic or whether it was people can fly. Uh, when they sort of like split the studios, whatever it was, but yeah, it it was um a re- it was really fun. It's just it just needed tightening up a little bit. But I would love to see a remake of it. It was like all about like spectacular over the top kills for like points yeah. and multipliers. That, and stuff that's like right. That, yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, it was people can fly. Thank you. Yeah. Matt. Um, yeah. So I I but I really enjoyed it. I still, despite all its flaws, it was something that I really enjoyed, and it was a real sort of like you know, oh my god, I'm gonna replay yeah. that mission. I want to get like I can get more higher score, higher score, higher score. Another one for and you. It may force you to be inventive. Not not Soul Reaver, but Legacy of Kane. Mm. Uh, you know, fuck Raziel. Kane Kane's the boy. Kane's yeah. the real boy. <laughs> I know it's controversial. They'll probably do. It <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say they'll probably do it and give you the full ending this time on one fucking game rather right. than releasing some kind of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew it was going to upset somebody Just mm. <laughs> for the question Mitch let's see here next question is from Jay Hines what up Jay Evil Dead Rise has gotten a very positive reaction will you guys be seeing it on release your movie fucking sucks that's probably what I'll be like Jay <laughs> like that <laughs> that pundit at the South by Southwest no we, we talked about it earlier in the podcast Super hyped to see it. Yeah, Hope everybody goes and sees it twice, three times, and Sam Raimi goes, "Oh, there is still interest in Evil Dead after all. Let's uh, let's let's make some more Evil Dead. Uh, let's let's get other people to make Evil Dead as well. The multiverse. Make Evil Dead great again. <laughs> yes, I mean Evil Dead's never not been great. No, but there's never been that much funding. So true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cheers for the question, though, Jay. Next question is from Code Dude. What's up? What are your favourite guilty pleasure movies? Um, 
I don't have guilty pleasures because I'm just if I like it, I just like it. I don't sense it. But yeah, all right. I mean, I'll, still, I'll give you, I know you... I'll give you one because it'll for him it will be a guilty pleasure because you'll be like, I can't believe you watch that shit. But I, I'll watch I'll watch Grown Ups too on a Sunday with a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Longest yard, maybe. <laughs> Why do you hate me? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys know my guilty pleasures. It's all of the B-movie, monster movies, you know? Sharknados. Yours and like fucking Resident Evil. The Resident Evil Netflix hell. show. I can't even fucking watch <laughs> Yours like fucking Resident Evil. The Resident Evil Netflix hell. show. I can't even fucking watch <laughs> You know, just... Yeah, um... The real schlocky, awful I, stuff. I still maintain... Like Cocaine Bear. I like... I highly recommend. I maintain. <laughs> I still like that second Kingsman movie. All right? There. That's a guilty pleasure. The first one's really good. Everyone yeah. shits on the second one. There's nothing wrong with that second movie. It's just not <laughs> no, as good. The, oh, oh, it's the Ben Owen one, isn't it? I actually remember the third yeah, the one. The John one. Yeah, yeah Ben, ben Owen. <laughs> Fucking that'd be amazing. It's getting late. It's getting late. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. I actually remember the third one more than the second one. <laughs> Uh, so many. Uh, I mean, yeah, like guilty pleasures. I'm trying to think. Shark, shark movies uh, tend to be uh, my yeah, my uh, my go-to. So I'm really hoping we get a cocaine shark somewhere down the line. Have to be like LSD something. You take in water, surely. Right. Like that. LSD shark. <laughs> uh, cheers for the question, Code Dude. I'm still mm. trying to think of uh, if there's any other. Guilty. Never feel guilty about watching shit movies. Exactly, so. you enjoy what yeah. you enjoy. Don't don't feel guilty for it. Plus, but, in ten years, they're cult classics. All of a sudden, uh, right? Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, some like the term guilty pleasure is still around for for a good reason. Mm. There, for, it's easy enough then to clarify. It's an enjoyable shitty movie, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Next question is from Mahoyage. What's up? What are your guilty pleasure films? Downstairs. We <laughs> right. He's dead, dude. He's, Fuck's sake! <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, like you know, it's trash. Uh, but uh, I'm your eyes. Uh, but in your eyes, it's da bomb. Hope you guys are good. Cheers, Mahoyage. Um Favorite good pleasure film, Andy. I think you should refund him, Mahoyage. Um Favorite good pleasure film, Andy. I think you should refund him his channel. <laughs> I think we should. <laughs> sorry, sorry, uh, Mahoyage. Um, yeah, I can't think of any more. I really <laughs> Um, from Nella, Gary, n- no home alone, you filthy <laughs> animal. Was this an oversight? Because I know the shock scene makes you laugh every time. It's Home Alone Two, that shock scene where he gets uh, electrocuted. It is. I crease myself. Them fucking bricks. The the bricks. Oh my ah, God. Ah, my <laughs> you have to do better than that. <laughs> yeah. Do you give up or you thirsty for more? Like yeah, there's um. I, I I love Home Alone, but I, the thing is, I love Home Alone's final twenty minutes, and I love Home Alone 2's final twenty minutes. Mm. You know, that's where all the gags and jokes and everything's at. Everything else is the build up. Wondering, to it. there are no more Home Alone movies after. Yeah, there, there are no more right? after that. Yeah, I mean, like Highlander one, right? right? Like just fucking. <laughs> leave it. Uh, but thank you for reminding me, Nella, of, of that awesome, awesome moment. No, maybe that, is there one? See, I'm trying to think. Is there one of those like notorious fucking bad sequels that's maybe a guilty pleasure? And I was like, I don't like. Uh, I really like fucking the Highlander ones at all. Can't even call it a guilty pleasure. Like, I wouldn't even watch the fucking Sorcerer right now. Or anything, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Um, like the thing is, T one and two. I'm kind of like, I can't even call a single one of those afterwards a guilty pleasure. I I like Highlander two. 
Why? Because <laughs> it's so stupid. I lo- well, I mean, I, fuck, dude. <laughs> I, I, lo- I love the interplay between um, McLeod and Ramirez because uh, it's Sean Connery. I, I think he's great. Like the, the the moment where he turns up and he's like somebody's doing a, a play and he's just on stage and uh, the actor calls him a shithead. And so mm. throughout the rest of the film, Ramirez is calling people shitheads. <laughs> the scene where they get in the car and they drive into the enemy uh, facility and they all get shot up and then they'll wake up in the morgue. It's great moments. Yeah, I know it's a terrible film. I know, yeah, I know. Terrible. But I guess, I guess, to guilt your pleasure, Highlander 2. <laughs> film. <laughs> Fuck, Here's my film card. I don't know. <laughs> I retire. <laughs> Alrighty, next question uh, is from Solza. What's up? I know you've literally just done a top five, but Gary, <laughs> do another one. <laughs> if you were stuck on a desert island, what five films would you want with you? Andy, what five wrestling matches would you want with you? Ooh. Cheers, Solza. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I'm taking um, Serenity, mm. Aliens, Robocop, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm, that's good. Thank you for the question, Solza. Um. Okay. So I'm gonna Those take, were just off the top of my I'm head as take, well. I'm going to take uh, the 1998 um, Hell and Cell match between Mick... No, I'm not. Oh, fucking hell. You fucked me up now. I've got to think. <laughs> okay. Uh, Rock versus uh, Stone Cold WrestleMania X7 main event. Nice. Um, Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker WrestleMania 24. 26 25 26 <laughs> no 26 is better oh shit no 25 is a better match 26 got a better story 25 it's a better match um uh Bret Hart versus Stone Cold WrestleMania 11, uh, 13 um and then I'm gonna take that's the double turn and then I'm gonna take um uh Gunter versus um Seamus from Clash at the Castle from last year cause it's phenomenal and I was there and then I'm gonna take Oh, this is so hard to do with just five. This is the top of my head again. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gunter versus Dragonoff for the um, NXT UK world title from 2020? 2020. Nice. Slap, slap, slap. Fucking brilliant. Nice. I don't know Good most questions. of those fights. Good question. Every, Triple H. Oh, yeah. Every <laughs> every time you ask me, it'll fucking change. <laughs> <laughs> right. But that's the difference. That's the uniqueness. There's like, Absolutely. what's your favorite film on any given day? It, it can change. Uh, thank you for the question, though, Solza. Next question is from Mr. Will Guitar. What up, Will? What classic do you think, with just a tweak, could be a total laugh-out-loud comedy? And vice versa, too. No Holy Grail to Excalibur doesn't count. Because um, there'll be a okay. lot of tweaks. If you, so if you, if you tweaked if a you, comedy... That it could become a serious movie. So if you, if you, if you, oh no, take a you, classic and tweak it to a comedy. So if you basically replaced human flesh with gummy bears, science allows would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a tweak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's a tough one. Uh, what classic with the right tweak, like? Um. Well, it's like if you took. Top Gun, but made it like you know comedy would <laughs> be hot shots. So. Right, but yeah, like, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because yeah, there's so many films that are the parodies. But I'm just like, yeah. I'm just trying to think like, uh, like, like RoboCop. 
You know, it almost hinges on the point of parody. Uh, but <laughs> the tweak is like it's a water pistol. <laughs> Every time he shoots someone, he's like, <laughs> like that guy shoots in the nuts. He's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also just trying to think of like, um, like there's so many successful oh. films that like Asylum, you know, tries to emulate with their films and just it just falls flat. Or even like Starship Troopers, like where the sequels, you know, just like it's been tweaked to the point where they just become comedies or mm. they just don't. It's not what it was originally. Um, it's a tough question, Mister. I think on the spot though, to really think. Turn just yeah, just turning something into a comedy. Yeah. That's such a movie studio question as well. Yes. It's like you know, oh, I really wanted a comedy. Can you just turn it into a comedy? It's like I mean, I'm six months into a film and a horror, mate. But yeah, right. Right, I suppose put some dick jokes in there. <laughs> yeah, that's now has got a good one in the chat. Saw instead of death traps, he makes them watch bad films. Right. <laughs> it's like no. <laughs> <coughs> Cheers for the question, Mr. Will. I'm sorry, I couldn't yeah, we'll come up with think, quite we'll a good one. Think one. Uh, the next question is from Matt Midgley. What's up, Matt? Uh, question for Andy. What's up? Let's say Cody defeats Roman at WrestleMania Probably and happen. Roman takes some time off. Probably going to happen. In that scenario, who would you choose as Cody's first challenger oh, mate, as this, champion? This is, see, this is, like, this is the tough question at the minute um, because... I would probably go Jey Uso because the chances are is with with Roman going away, you'll probably have this like disbanding of the bloodline. Ninety percent of you are fucking uh, chopping off right now, so I apologise. So um, you're probably going to have like maybe a disbanding of the bloodline. Um, so I would like to see them use that as a way to elevate. So you've got like I think um, Sokoa can go into like a mid card title thing as someone who's been caught up from NXT. He can go into that intercontinental title chase. But Jey Uso deserves a, a main event. He deserves to be main event. Jey Uso again. He deserves to have that push. So I would like to see him. You know, he's like you've taken everything from us. You've conspired to like rob us of our titles. You know, you've driven my you know our tribal chief out of the WWE for the minute. I'm gonna take this from you. So that would be good from a wrestling point of view. Um, I'd love to see Cody and Finn Balor go at it um, because I still think Finn Balor is one of the best um, 